This morning. Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, people. What's up with you, people? Good morning this morning, and welcome to uh, Radio Free Almond from the Discovery Design Studios. Yeah, it's me. Got a little bit of a special guest on the way in. But for now, it's going to be me. And then somebody coming in in just a few. Just a special guest. Old friend of mine. Yeah. Lots to talk about today, people. Including the, uh, well, it's kind of all about Maxine Waters, tell you the truth, because, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with this uh, society we live in now. Seems like uh, we're back to the the left, no matter what happens, thinks it's okay to beat on people and not serve them at restaurants and scream at them in public and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know what you guys are thinking, man. You folks on the left... Because I, 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 there was a time a long time ago, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not a big proponent of civil war or anything like that. I mean, you know, after such a lovely night at the Muni, meet me at the Muni, saw the Whiz. I mean, come on, man, that was an awesome show. I, 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 you know, the Whiz was like when I was a kid. Well, it was kind of like when I was a kid. It kind of got like 78, somewhere around there. And The Wiz came out. And it was like, The Wiz is a wow! Because it was like the the black version of uh, The Wizard of Oz. And I, I, never, I never could figure out why you needed a black version of The Wizard of Oz, but it was kind of a groovy version of The Wizard. I mean, I actually thought it was great. I've never seen The Wiz before. Let me get on Facebook here real quickly and uh, find my brothers, my people. I'm going to see if you, whether you all have uh, seen The Wiz before. I'm not going to get too too far into the weeds on The Wizard of Oz, believe me. Although I do believe that The Wizard of Oz is one of um, the most spectacular shows ever. And I used to look forward to it as a kid. Because it was like the event of the uh, of the season. It was like the the event. Hold on a second here. That's not working for me. Hang on. Damn. 
that the, 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 when it was when the, when that uh, camera shot was uh, sneaking in that uh, Radio Free Almond logo there. So it was kind of like a quarter moon Radio Free Almond. No, three quarter moon Radio Free Almond is driving me crazy. Little camera angle dipping into my my logo there. Don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. So anyway, back in the day. The Wizard of Oz was like the big deal. You, you would, it would be up on TV like once a summer or something like that. We'd go and watch The Wizard of Oz, and we all sit, and it would scare the living daylights out of us, and it was just really amazing. Hey, Janet uh, saw me there. Just ran into Jamie Allman, the beauty. Uh, courageous man. Thank you, Janet. Love how St. Louis is a small town. You can brush with greatness at any turn. Yep, indeed. We had a good time. And I got to tell you, it was a great show. And if if and and the, but the Wizard of Oz back when I was a, when I was a kid, it was like one of the most terrifying shows on earth. Like the the witch and Mrs. Gulch and the flying monkeys, and it just was like it was so intimidating, but it was so scary, and it was so eventful. And the people who made the Wizard of Oz were clearly like this was 1934, so these guys were. Definitely on drugs. There's just no question about it. There's no way you could pull that off. But the story is such a great story. And when you get right down to the, the, the whole theme of the story and, you know, I love how when the person was seeking courage and, and the cowardly lion was seeking courage and the tin man needed a heart and the scarecrow needed a brain and then at the end – you know, the Wizard of Oz who really wasn't, you know, a, a man per se. It was a very allegorical, I have to tell you. The Wizard of Oz was like a very allegorical, biblical type of book. And there was so much, so much symmetry with the wizard and God and all that kind of thing. And it turns out that the wizard was just a man. And he really wasn't anything big. He was just a, just a man. And I don't know whether they they meant to, like, take God out of it, but I think they actually meant to reaffirm God's presence. And so the wizard told all these these things, the, you know, the lion and, and, and the scarecrow and the tin man told him that, you know, you had this already. You already had this. Why are you coming to me when you already had it in you? And it's really, I mean, it was really great. And, and, and it was a trippy because... Every it was it was just a dream, and it was everybody's. She was her uncle, and you know, I was just was golly, I love that show. Maybe want to go watch the uh, the Wizard of Oz all again. If I have to, the only thing I would bypass would be those uh, the Lollipop Guild. I never got the Lollipop Guild. Man, was that a trip? What are those people about? Why? Why did they talk out of it? They talked out of the side of their mouths. I didn't. I didn't understand that. Hey, Sean, what's going on, Rose? How you doing, Margaret? We're still eating your cake, by the way. Thank you, Margaret, for all that. That was, uh, it's been delicious. Aiden's eating like pieces that are this, the size of a small lot down here on the hill. So he's having a good time with the cake. Thank you very much. A growing 13-year-old boy is loving your cake. But yeah, I never really got, never really got the, uh, the, the lollipop guild guys. Steve Church, what's going on, man? Steve Church is here, my buddy. Come on in, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce you to uh, Steve Church, who I worked with for a long, long time, and he's, uh, he's the man. Come on in, man. Hi, buddy. 
How are you this morning? We've got to we've got to get you on camera, and and Matt will make that whole thing happen. Yeah, can we frame this properly? Gosh, this feels like 2015. Can we frame this? Yeah, I know. We're getting there. We're getting there. No, thank you. In the meantime, maybe you can try to explain to me. Oh yeah. uh, Watch this. Hold on, I'm trying to get through an ad. I'm getting through the ad. I'm gonna take my shirt off. Me and Luis. What? Do you get it? Ant-Man and the Wasp. You are taking your shirt off. July 6th. These are the uh, the nice little midgets. These are the lullaby girls. And those weren't, if you recall. <laughs> Dude, you can't possibly be thinking that. How could you not? Aww. Welcome, Dorothy. Oh, here they come. They do like a little jig. Stop it, people. Sting Guild. We are the Molesting Guild. Yeah, those guys, I never got those guys because they're all, they, they, they have the little jerky motion and they're scared the living daylights out of me. We those know guys. why now. More, more than the witch did. So what is this you just brought me here? You said that the... Uh, this was a story that we discussed a couple of years ago. Read it to the, me, baby. The... Um, Give it to me, baby. The Munchkins allegedly molested uh, Judy Garland throughout the filming oh. of Wizard of Oz. How, how did, where did that come from? Um, People magazine, so it's true. <laughs> Is that true? Oh, that's, the, that's disturbing. But nonetheless, welcome Steve Church, uh, former producer over there at the Allman Report, longtime friend. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, we're. Uh, I don't know whether people have uh, recognized Churchy on Facebook, but Churchy's been a big friend of mine. Uh, oh, let's see. It was written all about the. Oh, thanks, Todd. Hang on. The Wizard of Oz was written all about the Federal Reserve. It was very anti-Federal Reserve and big government. Very good documentary on YouTube. I got to check that out because I'm really, actually, am fascinated. I'm totally fascinated by the by the whole Wizard of Ozzy thing. And I, and it, since it was 1930s, it was kind of, you know, during the, you know, kind of post-Depression or kind of right out of the Depression. And there are all kinds of different things they were trying to kind of parlay in that thing. But I yeah. didn't know exactly what they – somebody's really dug into the whole thing. But Yeah. Th- that and drugs. <laughs> I mean, you know, that and it was just kind of like, hey, this is just a great little piece that we did. But it's amazing that they pulled this off. That – Early, I mean, nineteen thirty-four. Come on, man, it's crazy. Yeah, and the and the color, the yeah, colorization that yeah. was amazing. And yeah. I, it, I think people were just in awe who yeah. got to actually see the transformation from black and white to color in yeah. the theater. That must have just been like a three D, IMAX type event for them. So, well, and some of the actors in it, uh, in uh, Jack Haley was the Tin Man, and then you had Ray Bolger who was a Scarecrow, and Ray Bolger was like this unbelievably accomplished dancer. I mean, these, these guys were all like Broadway. Burt Lahr was the cowardly lion. These were, these were all very famous stage actors before all this happened. And, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Judy Garland, of course, was pretty amazing. So there was, she was, my dad liked to tell me repeatedly because that movie scared me as well as that the, uh, witch could not have been one of the nicest people on this earth. 
Margaret Hamilton. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And, and Margaret Hamilton was, and this is all coming off the top of my tongue. I don't even have a cast list here because that's how deeply immersed I am in The Wizard of Oz. But Margaret Hamilton was, she never really had any other roles that were significant after that, but she was in these roles. And she was actually kind of like a semi attractive type of stage actress that was, uh, yeah, it was a great movie, man. I'm going to watch it again. Do some bong hits and watch that movie. I'm just kidding. Sure. I wouldn't dare do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't presume to be on any kind of stimulant while I was watching that. I don't need, I don't need that to watch. Me that. either. <laughs> uh, how's it? How's it looking on the on the Facebook? I can't see that little uh, thing there. But uh, Laura, how you doing? Laura just says, uh, "Hey, Churchy." Uh, Laura Liz and uh, good morning, Vicky. How you doing? And Margaret Sharp again. Thanks for the cake. And Churchy, listen, man. Um, boy, you and I have had a crazy last three years, haven't we? Yeah, we had. You know, we had the uh, the demise of the, well, you were at the Almond Report, and then the Almond Report was going to end pretty much in June anyway, I think. Yeah. Uh, that was what they were going to do. So when Sinclair got rid of it, it was kind of an easy call for them because it was going to go away anyway. Well, yeah. I think there was writing on the wall that something was going to change once we heard about the merger yeah. between – Sinclair and Tribune, which locally would be Channel 2 and 30. Yeah. So then um, when those rumblings happened, I think we all knew that the Owen Report would not stay on KDNL uh, Dirty 30. Yeah. So I think uh, it's been pretty clear on that. So I left in April of 2016. My little story was we just got done taping and the station manager walked in and said, you're going to quit. That's how I left Sinclair Broadcast Group. Yeah. That's how I was fired. I was told I was going to quit. Yeah. So it's, well, that, uh, that it's how they do things. It's yeah. how they do things, man. The, the, the news media and these media companies pretty much just bend everybody over. They, they work with. And they make mountains um, out of molehills, too, yeah. especially locally. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, uh, sometimes, like for instance, in the case of Intercom, they make mountains out of molehills, and then the the, the moles uh, come out from the mountain and start to eat them alive, which is what we're doing with them right now. Possum pelts. That's how it all works out. Uh, Alan, thanks for uh, chiming in. Melissa, how you doing there? Margaret, uh, again, thanks for chiming in. So, uh, yeah, this is. Um, this is crazy. I was just beginning before I got to the Wizard of Oz because I was kind of like getting still in the glow of the Wiz. And I really never could figure out. I, I don't care. Again, I'm not trying to make any kind of like racial thing or whatever. Uh, but I was always fascinated by the idea that the you had to have like a black version of the Wizard of Oz. And do you remember, like, we were kids when The Wiz came out, mm-hmm. and, and it was like, The Wiz is a wow, and that was, like, the big thing. And it, those were all the commercials for it. It was like The Wizard of Oz. It was like the, like the black version of Wizard right. of Oz, which really, the way the Muni did it was, I mean, it was really good. I mean, I think we went to closing night last night, but uh, it was really uh, very good. I was very impressed with it. I would love to have seen it. So was there a band, or did they go by... Uh... Oh no! Tracks. They they, they always no. They always have a live band there. I think they always have a live band there. That's good. And, and it was, but it was really good. And then they had the uh, what's the the whoops, sorry. they had the um, the the um, the the bell bottom dancers. They, they 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 had the yellow brick road ladies. They were like these groovy pants suity 
bell bottomy, hot body women. It was like sounds pretty, great. It was it was pretty crazy. It was really good. So congratulations good. to the media. But before I was, I got to that. I was uh, talking about this idea of a man, and I don't mean to make too much of a of a deal about this, but I think. It, and, and I don't mean to make it too much of a deal about Sarah Huckabee Sanders not being served at the Red Hen. But we're getting back into that that phase of President Trump and the election where the left seemingly has the ability to do whatever it damn well pleases in inciting violence, in inciting confrontations, and in doing things that are based solely on the fact that they're just a bunch of whiny little bitches and can't tolerate the outcome of the election. And we, we saw that, too, with the shooting of the Republicans while they were playing baseball, practicing for baseball. That just kind of went by the wayside. There was never any real political ramification from all of that. A guy who clearly is a left-wing loon who was addicted to left-wing publications goes and shoots up a bunch of Republicans almost killed one of them, uh, Steve Scalise. And yet that's not really – that's like a kind of a blip on the radar. It's kind of like, oh, ho-hum, that's to be expected. And it, was, and it, was, it wasn't treated like it was a major event. And, and, and that should have been the first indication that, you know what, the left right now bolstered by the news media and protected by the news media now basically can do whatever it wants to do. And the media sees no irony in it whatsoever. And, and all the Democratic politicians wind up excusing uh, this behavior because as long as it's built on emotion, you could pretty much be a whiny bitch no matter what you're doing. Uh, and, and, that, and that's a problem because that's going to start to – well, first of all, Maxine Waters yesterday, and I'll, I'll play this for you. You've probably heard it by now, and people have discussed it. Maxine Waters is a gift to the Republicans because we, if you ever needed any reason to make sure you go to the polls to get rid of wicked witch women like Maxine Waters, then uh, that's the mo- the best incentive of, of all. And so you Democrats and you liberals out there think that you could keep running your fat mouths all the time and think that's going to get you past the mark in 2018 and 2020. And all you're doing is is reinvigorating all of us who came to the polls in 2016. And alienating independents that didn't know one way or the other. Now they see her in a negative light where they probably didn't have a thought of. But now she's alienate yeah. herself toward people. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and she was crazy to begin with. But the the idea that somehow she's – this is a legit – I mean, if if a if a Republican or a conservative said what she said, this would be the outrage of the century. Oh yeah. So this is ba- this is at, in the aftermath of Sarah Huckabee Sanders not being served at the restaurant, and of course I went ahead and took the left for what this was, and I said more power to uh, the restaurant owner for standing up for what she believes in and not serving somebody. Because that apparently then will give all of us the right, if you're a conservative restaurant owner, to turn all the liberals away and not. But see, the problem with that is, first of all, conservatives worth their salt in any business won't turn anybody away. Right. Uh, You're not going to turn because because your goal is to uh, make money 
uh, love America, buy goods, and take part in the economy. And so you don't have time to whine and bitch and moan about people who come into your restaurant. And truly be tolerant and truly be open. Yes, exactly. That's the irony of it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I said more power to her if that's what her choice is because I also support the choice of a baker not to make a cake for a gay couple if they want to. And I think a lot of gays agree with my position on that. Gays don't want to bother people any more than than anybody else. And so most gay people are like, dude, if, you, if they're not going to make you a cake, go someplace else. They'll make you a cake. You don't need to make this at the March on Selma. And so, you know, most gay people I know are, are, are kind of like, I don't need the LGBTQ brigade to stand up for my rights. I'm, I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. So, but, but again, I, I threw this back in the face of Marcation yesterday where I said, Hey man, uh, so what, what is this about, you know, uh, about this woman who decided not to serve Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And, of course, he took the tack that only a liberal like him can take, and that is, oh, that's outrageous. Everybody deserves to be – because you can't you, – it's the landmine that blows up only when you step off of it. He can't right. go anywhere else with that thing. But when I talk to him about it, I go, yeah, man, isn't that cool that she stood up for what she believed in and didn't serve this person? He goes, well, that's horrible, like, you know, because he, he couldn't – you she know. should go to jail. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the business should be shut down. I tried to call that business yesterday. I wonder if it's changed at all. Hold on a second. Let's see if I can. Uh, I'm going to call them now. I recently heard a allegedly their greeting. Um, I'm going to paraphrase. It basically states, hi, this is the Red Hen. If oh. you're a Trump supporter or you even smell like a Trump supporter. Don't bother coming in. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the greeting on their thing? Yes. A male voice. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. We're sorry. The number you have dialed has calling restrictions that have prevented oh. the completion See, of that's, the that's the number I called. That's the number on their website. Is there some other number? Um, I don't know. Oh, here's my phone. I, because, I mean, that's the number for the restaurant. I heard this on, um, I heard this on a TV outlet. Oh, okay. Yeah. They Did they have it. the recording of it? Or you can, yeah. I, I just so they must have some different number or I th- something. I think, from what I've been told, that they're blocking out of town numbers because oh. they don't. They're assuming that it's media, yeah, radio well, stations. Yeah, well, this is this is definitely blocking the Sal and Richard from town number. Howard Stern. <laughs> Welcome to Verizon Wireless. We're sorry. The number you have dialed has calling restrictions that have prevented the completion of your call. Okay, then that's the calling restriction then from out of town, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and Howard Stern. Well, although, you know, here's the thing. The Stern show, unfortunately, has become – they're just a, a bunch – just like a, it's another, another bunch of left-wing drivel. I don't know why Stern is doing Robin, that. Robin, definitely. She's – in fact, um, she has been – vocal about uh, there was nothing wrong with this because Sarah's white mm-hmm. so it's not bigotry and it was a business political statement they call it a political statement yeah so, which is fine but that doesn't make it right that doesn't make it the best choice to make well I think I again I think that uh, if if you want to make a political statement I think you want to be able to if that's what sure. these folks want and that's what I'm getting at right now because um Pay for it. Conservatives and you know gun owners and people who are righteous and righteous and legal gun owners and people like that. We we tend not to. We don't want confrontation. 
but there's only so much that really we can take. Uh, and, and, you know, we saw it, though, even with the Stockley verdict and everything else, where there's this idea somehow that because you believe fervently in something, it's okay for you to break windows. It's okay for you to rip a storefront apart. Unfortunately, even people who own the storefronts uh, wind up being such a bunch of punks and un-American pansies like the guy who ran pie who sat there and watched his entire operation debilitated and yet was like still blaming the cops. I mean, what an idiot. I mean, those kinds of Americans who need who needs enemies, you know, people who will sit there in their in their own rubble. And be so cuckolded that they're just going to say, yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the cops are horrible. They did this to me. When actually it was just a bunch of marauding left-wingers. But you're still going to sit there, even in your own trash, you're, the rubble of your place, and still blame everybody else but the people doing it. At $15 an hour. Yeah, at $15 an hour, right. Who's going to get electronic kiosks so he doesn't have to have as many employees. Of course. Yeah, that's what that's what it all turned out to, yeah. to be. Had him on the show once. Nice guy. Yeah, but, uh, and but, he brought us pizza. And, yeah. yeah, but unfortunately, that's the that's your that's your white liberal guiltist for you. It drives you crazy. But at some point, though, you, you're marauding through malls and you're doing all this kind of stuff, and you can just seemingly do whatever the hell you want to. You can shoot up a ballpark, and the media just simply says, "Oh, that must have been a crazy." And you can you can run through malls with your Black Lives Matter placards and scream at people while they're doing this, and that seemingly is okay. And then the leadership of this country, uh, first of all, the Republicans don't don't count on you know a Paul Ryan or a or a any other Republican leader to come out and decry this because they're too afraid of being called racist or whatever. And so all you have are the are the Democrats who are able to kind of whitewash what happened here with Maxine Waters. And this is a great example here on CNN where this guy's interviewing a, a, a lawmaker and, and the run-in to the interview is the Maxine Waters bit that's become so inflammatory. Here you go. Here's Maxine Waters. From that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. Yeah, you want to? You want to? Well, I'm filling up my gas tank. You really want to start a fight with me? No, I'm just. I'm just wondering. Is that is that really what the scenario that Maxine Waters is is trying to propel? That that if you're some whiny liberal, that while well, I'm filling my gas tank, I don't know what what is she, what is she based on. What what's on your what's the bumper sticker on your car? Exactly. Well, according to the Red Hen, if you smell like a Trump supporter, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, but like, like, if you have a, if you have a bumper sticker on your car that says "Make America Great Again" or Trump, is that what Maxine Waters saying should happen at a filling station, gasoline station, at a gasoline station? Yeah, come from him at a gasoline station. It's George Jefferson's mom. Yeah, by the way, she actually she definitely his mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. And a gasoline station. So is that is that really the United States of America that Maxine Waters wants? Is is for her minions to be running out there confronting people like me at a gasoline station? This reminds me of what went on here is that that type of 
action, that type of behavior alienates your movement. It makes people turn off. They f- turn it off. And yeah. that's it's going to happen again. And it'll, it'll result in in another election. They're, they're going to lose because of crap like this. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, it just makes it makes the left dig in on uh, on uh, on what they're doing. But whenever the left digs in, it never goes well for them because they're too, too, too much of a simpleton to realize that the more you talk, it's like when, when Hillary Clinton brought up the whole deplorables thing and tried to make it and said that she she basically just sealed her fate. And, and and this whole thing again, and I'm not I'm not. I remember an issue came up where uh, there was a question of whether or not you would take up arms against your fellow citizen, whether you'd actually ever have a situation where you'd have a civil war. And I have to tell you, post well in the run up to the election, when I saw people being beaten while waiting to see a political candidate, which just reminded me of a, of a typical banana republic, some kind of African nation where these people are running around in their, in their Britney Spears T-shirts macheteing people to death. Uh, you know, the, it reminded me that, wow, you know, we're not too far off from, from a civil war uh, because, because when you get to the point where you're having people who are beating someone outside – of a place where they're going to see their political candidate, you you're no longer the United States of America. You're a you're a third world banana republic, and you're that's the kind of violence you see in other countries where people are afraid to stand in line to vote and do that kind of thing. And of course, the the problem is with with these folks is they underestimate conservatives. First of all, uh, any in any civil war situation, they're the ones who who don't like guns. So that doesn't that doesn't help you in the beginning when when you're when you're a person who doesn't like guns and you want to start a war. That doesn't really work too well for you. No. It doesn't work for you too well when you don't have any money either. And and and, and that's a problem too cuz most of these Antifa folks are just a bunch of poor hipsters who you know they they, they don't have the resources to 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 fight a war, they only have razors to shave. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, I'm just. It's like, what are you? What are you doing here? And how do you have legit public officials telling people to confront people at the gasoline station? You get out and you create a crowd in a department store. Do you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant in a department store at a gasoline station? You get out and you create. Yeah, so George, you make wheezy. Put the gasoline in, <laughs> George. I don't like wheezy. <laughs> oh, George. But yeah, so her scenario honestly is where you're filling up your gas tank and you're supposed to create it. Somebody's supposed to. Hey, everybody! There's a there's a trust supporter over there. Everybody, gather around. Five, Five six, six, seven, eight. Come on, people! Come on! Everybody, get out of your Volvos and get this man in his F-150 with the Make America Great Again. See how long that lasts. Jefferson County, not long. Uh, uh, Anywhere. Even in St. Louis County, not so long. No, no, we wouldn't fly anywhere. 
Uh, try doing that. I, Henry Davis sent me his little his little bit on this. I'll I'll get that to you in just a second. But yeah. Oh, so so I, I'll, any they're not welcome anymore anywhere. <laughs> According to, I mean, this is and yet and yet I'm I'm about to I'm about to play you the interview with a lawmaker who's going to basically just say this is okay. So so if if you have people who are on the left, and they're duly elected officials who think this is okay. And by the way, this crowd is very – I don't know where she is, but it's just a bunch of, bunch of white people listening to her talking here. So, so, so this isn't like a, a race issue in any way, shape, or form. It's just a bunch of more you know, white leftards who are you know, listening to her talk. Are you comfortable with that, telling members of the administration, supporters of the president in this case, they're not welcome anymore in the restaurant? I love Auntie Maxine, and she's an iconic member of Congress. I mean, this is, this is another guy. Okay, this is another guy. He's a minority, Adriano Espalete from New York, and he called her Auntie Maxine. I mean, come on, people. I... I it's 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 unbelievable and this guy's just about to talk about how this is all acceptable stuff here check this out i love auntie maxine and she's an i love i love i love i love auntie maxine i love her the only time the accent comes out and a great woman look i think we 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 should not be trapped into these side stories right about whether or not People get angry. Yeah, let's forget about all these side stories about people getting angry. You know, let's forget about that guy who shot up the the ballpark with the, where the Republicans were. Let's forget about those people who were beating the crap out of people waiting to see President Trump back in the pre-election era. Let's just these are all just side stories here. Says uh, Adriano. In a restaurant at a store. I have constituencies. Some of them love me and some of them don't like me that much. That's what the nature of public service is. Yeah, so what do you think would happen if in the nature of – how much uh, nature of public service you think Adriano would bring up if he were denied service at a restaurant? All hell would break loose. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if this guy were told that he couldn't eat at a, at a restaurant – We'd have like uh, they we'd have them digging through the archives for fire hose spraying going on on the streets of Detroit. And he's saying it without saying it. He's not having this problem. No, clearly not. Pe- people are being polite yeah. and cordial with them and open, and they don't. They may not agree with them, but he's able to go about his day. Yeah. So, so get sidetracked into these debates about whether or not somebody was welcome at a restaurant takes our eyes off of what's going on in America. Yeah, it takes our eyes off of the fact that that 2020 and 2018 are going to be horrible election times for Democrats. And this is what's happening in America. Yeah. He's trying to deny it, but... Right. And and really what this is, is it's, it's really just a temper tantrum. And the left had it when... President Trump was elected, and the, the left is having it again. And it's sad because I do know a lot of people. I, I mean, I, it's it, like like people like Kaysen, or I, I know I know a lot of liberals out there who can't possibly think this is okay, and and who can't and and and, and to tell you the truth, uh, I know a lot of liberals out there who are really fighting hard for their policies and who really are earnestly against. 
uh, a lot of what's going on in their opinion regarding you know the immigration laws. I mean, I I understand it, I get it, uh, but 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 how are they undermined by people like Maxine Waters and these other people who are just hacks out there? And again, I don't really want. Democrats to prevail. I don't want them to win. I don't agree with their economic policies. I don't think they're good for the country. And so I can battle on those lines. But at the same time, I also kind of feel sorry for some Democrats out there who have as their people speaking for them, people like Maxine Waters, because they she will be ID'd as, as the head of your party. She will be utilized that way. And you know what? She's been the most vocal when Maxine Waters talks about Trump policies. They love interviewing her. They love talking to her. They love having her on TV. They love playing her sound bites. So you can't escape. You can't keep on saying, well, she doesn't really speak for us because she does speak for you. Well, that's what's going Someone's pushing her, Pelosi, and Schumer out there. Yeah. Someone in the Democratic Party, who's probably our age or younger, is pushing the three oldest people of the Democratic Party out there just, just repeating one right. another. And then – Governor Brown was on 60 Minutes just saying talking points. It's like they're repeating the same script word for word. All four of the oldest hacks of the Democratic Party are just bringing them down, repeating themselves, repeating each other with just rhetoric of just it's hate. It's just the state church at the gasoline station. There he is. I saw him supporting Donald Trump. Everybody, get up. Save churches, fill up his gasoline tank. Get him out of the Gateway Blend building. <laughs> oh, so this guy keeps on going on because he's like uh, focused on these two thousand kids, and we've been talking about them a great deal. Doesn't mean we don't have time to ask a question about what's right and civil. I'm just asking you: Are you comfortable? And you know what? Maxi- you know, uh, more power to CNN actually doing following up on this because you know again and 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 I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take the position because a lot of you won't like this but I'm going to go ahead and take the position of a decent mindful liberal democrat I I mean my fam my entire family they're liberal democrats and not one of them would ever do something like this I mean they would never they right. would never support anything like this and so I mean, at the very least, on behalf of my brothers and sisters and other people who are real-thinking, regular Democrats, give them a fighting chance. I mean, we're going we're gonna to beat you anyway in 2018, 2020, but at least try to make it a contest. Because right. right now, I, I hearken you back to, the, um, to, the, to who is going to be the next Mondale. I mean, the writing is on the wall for whoever is going to be running against Trump in 2020, if they win one state, it's going to be possibly a miracle. Because in, 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 and the reason I mentioned Mondale is because in 1984, after President Reagan was elected, he had a very successful first term, ran against Mondale, won 49 states. Mondale won one, which I believe was his home state of Minnesota. And if you recall, President Trump was in Duluth, Minnesota not too long ago precisely for the reason that he thinks that, that he's greedy. And, and you better watch out when Donald Trump is greedy because if he wins, he's taken everything. And in this case, though, you have this possibility that with, with Trump 
even in his first 500 days, being far more successful than Reagan was, was in his uh, first 500 days of his second term, and he still won when he ran again in, in 1980. I'm talking about in 1980, his first term in 1984. He Line ran slide. again, and it was an it was a drubbing of Avalanche. historical proportions. Yeah, 49 states to one state. Was it Minnesota or California? I don't Probably know. Minnesota, I thought it was Minnesota. That was, That's where Mondale was from. Yeah. I think it was Minnesota. Yeah. Because California, I think Reagan won because he was governor and they, they liked him over there. That'd be great. I'm all for California splitting up into three separate states because that would mean Eastern California and Southern California from Orange County on down, conservative, Republican. And then L.A. on up to San Fran, they can go vote. But it would yeah. split up their electoral. It would. Never could figure out why they wanted to split that up, though. But I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's Orange County people. It'd be funny if if they were if they were splitting it up and they were and, they, and while they were sawing it apart, they're like, "Oops! Oh, I'm sorry, Southern California." <laughs> right. I didn't. I didn't mean to separate you and float you out into the ocean. I'm sorry about Lex that. Luthor. God's like sawing them. Up. Okay, I'm told I have to divide California. Into- oh, sorry. <laughs> there goes Southern. Cal- sorry, Southern. Bye. Wait. Wait. Now we wait. I was supposed to see you at the gasoline station. We we've been in newsrooms for a long, long time. Yes, Steve Church. We so, have. We're veterans of the newsroom. That's right. So I, I keep asking myself when I watch some of this stuff on CNN, and it, maybe it's seeping through. It may, maybe I'm getting my answer as I ask it. But there's got to be people in the newsroom, producers that are common sense, thinking, level-headed, kind of raise their hand, going. We need to dial this back, or this isn't right, or we need to ask this question, and we need to question what Maxine actually said. They're, they're too busy calling the chopper service because there's a jackknife tractor trailer over there on 44. Get the helicopters out! There's a jack. They're too busy. Like this morning, you know where they are, right? They're standing Storm in front mode. of. They found one tree that has fallen right. over, and I guarantee you, there's somebody standing in front of it right now talking about the weather. Which oh, was pretty course. bad this morning, but I get it. But it's storm mode right now. Yeah, but 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 that. So they're they're not even they're not even. Keep in mind, the local newsrooms aren't even thinking about politics right now. They, boy, that's that's so the lo, on the local level, it's just yeah. so bad. <laughs> it is so bad when you have the number one TV station in town for three years. The first words out of their mouth of. Every story is according to the Post Dispatch. <laughs> you got a reporter standing by live who's there to take the story themselves, to find out what the story is themselves, standing outside live from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m., and the first words out of their mouth all night long, according to the Post Dispatch. Well, what about according to you? What yeah. are you doing? Right. What? According to the Post Dispatch. That's crazy. Yeah, according you know, to the whole newsroom, news team. I mean, how many reporters do they have in all throughout St. Louis? Some of them are friends of mine. They're good yeah. people, but, you know. Team Water, too. I love Maxine Water. I don't think that uh, the debate should become uh, an episode of The Apprentice. I think we should focus on the issues like what's happening to these kids at the border. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, cuts he, that are honestly, cut- these guys talk about humanity and inhumanity and looking out for your fellow man, and they really just don't care. These are the same people who were concerned about kids at the border but don't care about the millions of kids who are aborted every day. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, please, people, 
Maxine Waters and the rest of the crew, give Democrats, decent Democrats, a fighting chance. Let's sit there on the field of ideas and argue those. But how you allow people like this to kind of lead you around by the nose is beyond me. So we'll be back. We've got uh, – I think Genevieve Wood is uh, going to be on the way. I'm going to Kansas Good. City tomorrow. Really? I'm going to Dallas Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah. What are you doing in Dallas, Steve Church? Uh, buddy, Fox NFL Sunday, four-time Super Bowl champion, Terry Bradshaw. He's having his production day, which means that the cattle and the horse he has raised – Puts them up for sale. Oh, really? It's kind of a party. It'll be on Saturday, and we're working on some stuff together. So, I mean, like Terry Bradshaw. He's good. He's I good liked man. him when he went. Is he still doing the uh, play NFL stuff? Fox NFL Sunday. Yeah. And he's also going to be doing the Thursday night football starting in uh, October on Fox. I always liked him. He's a good man. What you see is what you get. That yeah. is Terry. There is no filter. He's not like playing it up for the camera. He was, will, he consider, was he considered like a great quarterback? Oh, yeah. Like with the Steelers, right? Yes. And the Super Bowl, that was back in the heyday of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the, the air game. I mean, between the Steelers and the AFC and Coriel and the Cardinals, Cardiac Cardinals, they revolutionized. what. Well, it is. The, it's the air game now. Right? But when they did it, it, it was the perfect television. That was another evolution of people watching. Yeah. 60, 70-yard passes to Stallworth and Swan. It's yeah. Well, amazing. speaking of, of being who you are and, and you get what you see, uh, Sarah Palin's coming into Kansas City for the uh, Tony Minetti fundraiser. I heard. And I'm going to be – I'm actually very excited because I'm going to be actually on the stage. I'm going to introduce Sarah Palin, which I'm very excited about. I've always liked her a lot. Sometimes, you know, I've I've made fun of the fact that she's a little raw – but I've always liked her. She's one of the most successful mayors uh, ever in the history of the United States with an approval rating upwards of 90% when she was mayor of Wasilla. As governor, people forget that she pretty much had 100% approval rating, except for the real lunatic fringe out there who didn't like her. And she saved McCain from being a, a Mondale, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, Mon- and, and McCain won't believe it. He won't accept it. But anyway, she's in town uh, in Kansas City, who and, and she's going to be uh, stumping for Tony Minetti. So I'm going to be there. And by the way, right. yesterday we had a little thing on Facebook, and I didn't want to make too much of it. But there were people who were just, uh, you know, uh, telling me that that somehow I was getting paid or whatever. First of all, I would never in a million years accept money to do a campaign event uh, like that. Uh, I'm, I would gladly do any campaign event for any of the candidates out there, Cortland or Austin or Christie or Peter. I would gladly do campaign events for them if they wanted me there. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm even paying for my own hotel and everything else. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting no expenses paid at all by the Bonetti campaign, and I would never allow that to happen. Plus, I would never do that to you guys. I'd never take money uh, to do something in, in a situation like this and, and just and, – you know, and, and I just wouldn't do that to you. And, I, and, if, and if I did do it, uh, in, in the off chance I did, I would tell you uh, that I'm doing that. So we having trouble with the, with the Facebook feed? Oh, we are? Okay. Um, did Facebook go down? 
Uh, I don't know. I think we're just having trouble because the uh, the it, it's going off and on, or it's it's going in and out. So it's going in and out. It's going in and out? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, that's our problem. But I can see we're we're doing okay now, though, aren't we? Yeah, we're back now. Okay. Sorry about that, you guys. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where we just kind of have. Uh, it's because of the weather, I guess, or whatever other. I did. I did hear some fire engines. All a right, without, lot of lightning. Yeah, there is a lot of lightning out there. Well, come on, though. What? Lightning's well, I, a very scary thing. I understand that, but you know, when are we going to get into the? The modern day with the with internet service. I mean, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. That's true. You know, I mean, I just agree. because just because, and I, I realize you know, like fiber lines and those kind of things that they're hard to hard to come by. But Lord have mercy, that's becoming the real estate. I got a buddy in Columbia, Missouri. They own a broadband company, and it's all about the pipe. Yeah, and it's it's the real estate now. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and there was a time there when they were thinking of, you know, it's expensive to redo the whole power grid. It's, it's expensive to take, you know, power lines underground and do all that kind of stuff. Right. But it's well worth it, considering how many people are just are, are gratuitously without power on a regular basis. Perhaps my booming voice is sopping up all the broadband <laughs> on Facebook, and that could be... Oh, I got it. Uh, let's see. Are we Are we back on? I don't know whether we're... Yeah, yeah, we're back we're, on. We are because I'm. I, I'm seeing that this is freezing up right now. I can. I can tell. So, um, like, like right now. Yeah, there. See, it's, it's kind of like. There's about a thirty second delay too, so you won't see your hand moving. Oh long. yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of weird. But if you're on the stream, our stream's working out all right, right? Uh, it's far okay. Well, then, 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 yeah, we're. Um, we're good on Facebook. I'm looking at it right here. So. Okay, that's cool. All we're right, good well, on I Facebook. Get, I got to get to our national anthem. So, without That'd further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Please remain standing for our national anthem. And now, to honor America, Academy Award winner and four-time Grammy nominee, Jennifer Hudson. So 
these guys like David and David <laughs> I really don't know this song it's, it's a great song it's a great song dude I, I'm trying to interrupt it a little bit because uh, yeah I don't want Facebook to turn get the algorithms down of what I don't even know what you're talking about I don't know whatever happened to David David I don't know what happened to David and I don't know what happened to David. How old is this song? You know? Yeah. Oh, ballpark? I know. Yeah, I'll give you a ballpark. 1986. Really? Called Boomtown. I know you've I know I know you've heard this one. This was this is the one that made it I well occasionally made it through all the uh, radio shows. Like back in the 80s, remember St. Louis had, you know, that album Rocky, Vic Porcelli, JWK. It wasn't the Arch, it was like the Mix or the, I can't remember what it was. But it was, uh, it was Vic, JC was on the station. Remember that one? Oh, 93.7 KSD? 101 The River. Yeah, The River. That's right. 101 The River. It's a pretty good station at the time. Yeah. But that was kind of like, this is kind of a rivery type of thing. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. I don't know whether they played this, but they played like a lot of Sister Hazel. Finally, I figured out. Counting Crows. Right. You know, those kind of guys. Early 90s, St. Louis actually. Radio had no top 40 station when 104 became Alice. Oh, yeah. And there was no top 40 in St. Louis 
It was very bizarre. I didn't like it. I was a young 20s guy drinking Midori Sours at the, <laughs> at the Oz. And, uh, <laughs> the Oz. Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. 101 The River, said Margaret. Uh, Lisa says Kix 106. Was Kix 106, though, Lisa, a country station? Yes, it was. Was it Kix a country With, station? Uh, Frank Opinion and Smash. Yeah. Smash was on Kix? Yes. Yeah. Asher did uh, country for a bit, too. Lots of lots of Garth Brooks was played <laughs> that during that era. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. A little Randy Travis. I got to go to a... Uh, Garth Brooks. It was, I think it was the first time he was in town, but uh, Mike and Claudia Bush took me, and Trish Brown went. Oh, I loved her. Did you love her? I loved her. Broadcast interrupted again. Sorry, you guys. Uh, I know. You're going to have to listen on the stream, I guess, and just maybe watch as much as you can. But Yeah. It's only like two, three seconds apart, actually. Yeah, it just keeps going back and forth, though. Mike Mike Bush keeps call- well. He was for a while. I I didn't do it. He was calling me to do an interview with him. I yeah, I was kind of to blame. Oh, you were. Yeah, we because I had a nice talk. So what I found out in on the Channel Five end of things, one there was a former reporter at Channel Five who now works at Gateway Blend, feeding them a bunch of bullcrap. Oh, so. I had a very, very good source from the morning show tell me that. And then a couple weeks later, uh, there was a story that inaccurately reported that you threatened to sexually assault David Hogg and KSDK published it. It was that day I found out, because I let him have it, that they were in partnership with St. Louis Business Journal, which even that really shocked me, because I, I had respect for St. Louis Business Journal. Yeah. And then I had a uh, J School 101 conversation with their editor. They immediately changed it. And that's when I started uh, talking to people at Channel 5. And I've, I've known my very first TV gig was for Mike Bush and when he was uh, still doing sports in his shorts. And uh, so, yeah, we, we had a couple of conversations about that. And Steve Savard. Yeah. And Sandy Miller. They all want to talk to you, Jamie. Well, um, you know, listen, they're, they're, they're good people over there. Yeah, they uh, are. Although Channel 5 was the, was the station that, uh, uh, that's the station where, um, where I found out, I was, I found out I was fired watching Channel 5. Right. It, it was. I'll never forget this. It was. Uh, I was meeting with some attorneys um, over at Palm, and they're like, "Oh, really? You were at Palm? Yeah, I was at Palm. Palm never really, never really got, never really said they were getting out of their advertising for ad the show. Agent. A lot of friends over there, and I was over there with the attorneys, and then I, I don't know what it was, but um, somebody either either texted me the bit. Yeah, or something, but they reported that I'd been fired before I'd even actually been formally fired. Yeah, connect the dot. It's former KSTK reporter now uh, head of Gateway Blend. Who is it? Casey Joyce. Oh, she was. Uh, She's not award winning, Casey Joyce. Apparently, because I never heard no. of the 
which no. she didn't last long. And I would bump into her in the hall. Yeah. Which is maybe a story later. Um, well, because because here's the thing. I mean, what what happened there, and, and I'll get back to the issues at hand here, but that that now that you bring it up though, it's interesting because I I was actually uh at my nephew's confirmation uh and 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 just an hour before the confirmation started, this station had contacted me through human resources and offered me a severance package that I could consider uh, one way or the other, and yet legally I'd have 21 days to, to deal with it. Uh, and they said they wanted to, to find out what kind of language they, they would use to tell talk to the press. They go, well, I haven't even looked at this thing yet. I'm not, you know, right. I haven't even looked at the thing yet. I'm going to my nephew's confirmation. I haven't seen any. Well, we needed to, what do, we need to, what do you want us to say? I go, you can't say anything. What they really wanted me to say was that we mutually agreed to part, which I, I wasn't going to do. But I also, either way, I told him, I, I don't know how to, I, I, I can't, I can't do this right now because I, 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 I got to look at the thing and I'm on my way to my, my nephew's confirmation. So you were while, in the parking lot. So while I'm in there, of course, I leave my phone in the car because I, I can't, you know, I can't bring my phone into the, to the uh, confirmation. And so while that's going on, people are texting me, and, and, and finally my uh, general manager texts me, and that was this was like at 7.45 in the evening, and I'm still in there. And my general manager texted me, it's, we need, the, the company needs to know what to say because the press are inquiring. And that was while I had no access to my phone. Uh, and, and I, wouldn't have, I would have, wouldn't have allowed them to say anything anyway because I had time to consider what they were giving me. And to clarify, this is the new GM because John Beck yeah. had already retired. Right, exactly. Although that's not what Intercom well, is saying right now, which is interesting, but yeah. um, that's going to hurt. But, they, but so she texted me, and I didn't respond. And then about uh, 20 minutes later, I get a text from the Channel 5 reporter saying, sorry about the news. We just heard from Intercom. This is all while I'm sitting in a church in confirmation. It doesn't matter whether it's a church or not, but you know what I'm saying is I'm not trying to hide behind some, but I'm just saying I wasn't, I didn't have access to my phone. And even if I did, I wouldn't have submitted to their offer at the time. So, right. so, so anyway, they pushed the issue and then got it out onto the, onto the airwaves and Channel 5 was reporting that I had been fired even before I, I was able to consider the document they gave me. And they, and they wanted they wanted to give me actually they 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 wanted my email address that was a private email address. They said just send it to my company email address. And they go, well, I'm sorry, we can't really do that. And and I, I later learned that it was because they had disabled my email. Oh yeah, mine was disabled before. Yeah, but they disabled the email, so so they were going to. So, but, but that's of course my contract says you send me everything through my. Uh, through my company email. That's what my contract says. Because you had not agreed to anything Right, yet. But, but, and, and, but you're supposed to send it to my company email. Yeah. But if you dismantle my company email, then you've already, that's your first breach of my contract. Right. I mean, it's like it, they did it all down the line. And so to your point about Channel 5, that's how that whole thing ran down. Yeah. Hello, see, Casey. You, present, <laughs> you see President Trump in, uh, in South Carolina last night. And this is a rally where he's uh, stumping uh, for Governor Henry McMaster, uh, who is in a runoff uh, 
with this challenger, John Warren, and uh, they had a primary, and now they're having a runoff uh, and today, and so we're going we're gonna to find out what's going on with that. So anyway, uh, President Trump endorsed McMaster and then said this about the whole migrant uh, this issue. Jimmy Fallon. And Jimmy Fallon, too. The guy screws up my hair. <laughs> He's trolling Jimmy Fallon because and, – and Fallon's such a pansy that he – when he did that, he wound up paying for it because, you know, obviously all the left-wing trolls were all outraged over Fallon even being remotely fair to President Trump. So he paid for it in spades and wound up backtracking the whole way. And that's another example of what's happening in Hollywood right. and beyond. And he didn't need to. It, it was all reciprocating back that people were getting tired of the rhetoric from ABC and CBS late night. Jimmy just should have stayed course and everything. And it, it was working out. He, he still was not as far uh, of the is rhetoric. It, is it true that really, I mean, um, the late night audience, uh, you know, predominantly white, young people, are they really that left? I mean, I, 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 I mean, I don't know a college age because who no. is their audience? No, I. Um, it depends on the guest, which should tell you that it's really not about them or what they're doing in their monologue or anything to that effect. That just the news loves it. They're well, I mean, more, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering whether or not they're really catering to each other yes. as opposed to their audience because uh, and the people, they're their friends in Hollywood. Because, and I also think that if you are conservative and you do and, – and the problem is that Fallon is a talented guy. So right. there's, a, there's a lot of things that are going on in the show that are entertaining – and I'm wondering whether or not people just kind of overlook the little stupid political stuff they do and just for just for a little entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's the same way. Kimmel, I mean, I used to think that Kimmel was the one who should have taken over the Johnny Carson spot. He was he was classic, he was old school, right. great comedian, great timing, great sense of humor, and then wound up being this crybaby on late night TV. And I'm thinking, okay, so are people who watch Kimmel, are most of them just like g just getting through all this stuff to get to the entertaining stuff? Yeah, that or just to get to bed. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it really, a lot of it is what it is, and a lot of it's in what market and what their local newscast is doing. And well, because and people who are watching Colbert uh, are, are just those are the dyed in the wool political people. They want to go and they want to hear political hackery from John Colbert, who's who's really unfortunately outside of what he does. Colbert isn't really that talented, I don't think. I mean, I I know that he had the Colbert report right. and that shtick, but once once he's outside of that lane, he's really not that talented. No. Uh, once he's outside of that little area there. I watched him on Seinfeld's uh, Two Comedians yeah. in the Car Getting Coffee. I liked that guy. Yeah. I'm like, who, who, who is he? Yeah. Th this is a very nice, you know, non-political, funny dude. Yeah. But I don't know what gets into these guys, but Trump writers trolling him big. He's going back and forth. He was so disappointed to find out it was real. He could probably... <laughs> Well, that's one of the great things I got. Everybody used to say, my hair's phony. It's not my hair. I'm wearing a hairpiece. You know, a hair, <laughs> anybody here wearing a hairpiece now? 
<laughs> Anybody here but wearing a hairpiece? They never say that anymore because I've been caught in rainstorms. I've been caught in winds that are like 60 miles an hour getting off. If it's not your hair, don't run for office. <laughs> don't run. Do not run for office. I mean, by the way, um, I do, I, I don't care, but I do think that his hair is baller because I don't know what he does with whatever he's doing with his hair, but whatever it is he does, I, I don't know what he's doing. I tell the woman who cuts my hair, do not let it get long enough to look like Donald Trump's. Just do not. Because he's, but, he, but you look at him. He looks like he's got a good head of hair, though. Yeah, but he's, I would keep it short. But now we're getting – I'm going way out of the lane. But, yeah, Donald needs to – Look at you. This is, this is the salon version of Steve Church. Yes. Don needs to keep it shorter and more manageable. Hairdresser Steve Church. Hi. Did you and Chris Coster get it on, too? Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Oh, what? I'm sorry. What? What did you say? Oh, no, uh, never mind. <laughs> no. You know, really, basically, though, I'm not saying this in a bad way, you could probably pull the hairdresser guy off. <laughs> if you I were, could not. If you wanted to be you a You lying little bitch. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think you could probably pull the, you could do the hairdresser thing. I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying you could, if you had to play a hairdresser on TV, you could probably do that. You little bastard! Because <laughs> you get no, I'm not, not. It's not even from a from a, a feminine. Thing. It's just from you could do the you could do the old school barbershop guy thing. Oh, oh, old school barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Like coming to America, old school barbershop. Well, not, well no, you're not black like, either. Like Rocky Marciano at the gasoline station. No, not that person. Oh, I, I dare Maxine Waters to confront me at a gasoline station. I'll fill her up with a little Ethel. Because <laughs> the gig would be up. So Jimmy Fallon apologized. He apologized for humanizing me. Can you, the poor guy. Because <laughs> now he's going to lose all of us. You know? Now he's going to lose all of us. If somebody would open a talk show at night, because the, the guy on CBS is... is what a low life. What Who's low that? Life. Who's again? CBS. Les Moonves. His, that's who he's referring to. Or Colbert. One oh. of the two. Oh, is Colbert the one on CBS? Yeah. Okay. I mean, honestly, are these people funny? <laughs> <laughs> They're really not. No, Donald. And I can laugh at myself. <laughs> if, frankly, if I couldn't, I'd be in big trouble. Yeah. But there's no talent. He's not, they're not like talented people. Johnny Carson was talented. Yeah, Some- there you go. See, that's why I love Donald Trump. Because I, I actually think Carson was the you know what the be all end all yeah and i realized still he wasn't a very nice guy it's like i don't care i i don't even know what that means you know yeah i I loved him letterman was apolitical up until i'd say 2013 2014 and yeah um i don't know what happened one of the funniest bits in letterman was the guy who uh and he had his own show at one time, but he was the guy who lived underneath the uh, stairs. Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. Chris. <laughs> Chris Elliott was funny as hell, wasn't he? Yes. I got a friend from Lindbergh. He still is in L.A., D- Dave Dory. They act just alike, look alike. I always called him Chris Elliott. They, it's like, and I think they actually met quite a few times. And he'd be, he'd be on Letterman, and he'd go and do the interviews with Letterman. He'd be like this really edgy Yes. It really was funny. It was. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he didn't die. He's still acting. Some of these guys. No, seriously. 
I mean, this guy on CBS has no talent. Jimmy Kimmel. I'm sorry, but I love the fact that President Trump is out there in South Carolina at a campaigning event for somebody else and talking about late night TV. <laughs> I mean, come on. I think it's awesome. I It's great. You know, because clearly he doesn't take himself that seriously. And I know that there are a lot of people who are on the Republican end who like bristle and go, oh, you know, he's not being presidential. He's not doing this, not doing that. But I, I like the fact that he's kind of off the grid and he just kind of riffs when he wants to. I love that about him. Well, when has, quote, being presidential gotten anything done in the past 20 years? I don't even know what being presidential means. Why would you want to be presidential? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, sit there and, 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 and measure every single word, you know? Right. Would meet me before the election. I'm telling you a true story. I don't even think you'd deny it. No talent. But I'd go to a studio to do a shot, you know, to do a thing. He would stand outside on the sidewalk waiting for me. Oh, here he comes, Donald Trump. Oh, uh, he opens my door. I said, does he do this to everybody, to his people? He does it for nobody. Come no, on, Kimmel. Maybe that was just... But he's waiting for me. Two or three times I did a show before this. All. Now I wouldn't do a show. A guy's terrible. But <laughs> I do a show, and he's standing out on Hollywood, whatever, Boulevard, and he's standing there opening up the door, like going great. Oh, hello. I wasn't president. I was like a guy, <laughs> right? A guy with potential. Right? right? With potential. And he's there. Here he is. Oh, 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 sir, how are you? Hi. Oh, so thank you so much for doing it. And I always got higher ratings than other people, so that was always good. But Jimmy. People are at a rally listening to him go on and on about late night TV. He's getting in the ratings and his Q rating. They're like, woo! <laughs> Jimmy Fallon calls me up, and he's like a nice guy. He's lost. He looks like a lost soul. <laughs> right? He gets out there. Hey, hey, hi, oh. But you know what? He's a nice guy. I agree to do a show. And because I guess I was running at that time, I think I was running. It was, he got tremendous ratings on that show. Killed everybody, right? He should be thankful. He shouldn't be upset and angry. When you apologize because you've got somebody else that didn't go on the other shows, you know? So I go on the show. I agree. Do whatever you want with my hair. Go ahead. Let's go. And, he did, and that was it. You walk off, like, what is it, a year and a half, two years later, he's now apologizing because he humanized me. <laughs> and he really hurt himself. So I said, Jimmy, you called me up after the show, and you said, thank you for the incredible, you called the monster ratings. They were <laughs> very big ratings. I said, thank you, Jimmy, that's very nice. I said, don't hurt yourself by apologizing. So I said to him today on social media, I said, Jimmy, be a man, just relax. <laughs> So Jimmy uh, Fallon responded to him. Uh, donate to a pro-immigrant president Donald Trump and Jimmy Fallon continues over the hair tossle interview on The Tonight Show. And now the late night host is taking action by saying he'll donate to a pro-immigrant nonprofit. In By the way, would you hire this woman for anything? No. What are, who are these people who do these these videos and things like that? Trump's name. The Hill reports that Fallon tweeted out in response to Trump saying, in honor of the president's tweet, 
I'll be making a donation to Raices in his name. Oh, gosh. Oh, Unbelievable. It's like a pro-immigrant thing. So, yeah. so Fallon's decided he's going to go ahead and put money into. This has gotten really so unreal. I, I don't understand where the narrative went so far off track. It, what happened, and I can only imagine it was writers and producers in – Jimmy, both Jimmy's ear, saying you got to do that. I I know who was in Jimmy Kimmel's ear. She's from Chesterfield. His oh wife, really? His oh wife. his wife? Yeah, she's uh, very very anti-Trump. I love Molly to death, but we do not agree on anything. And I just so he's whipped, huh? Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. Except when it comes to Emo's Pizza, about everything else, he agrees with Molly on. Yeah. No kidding. And I, I noticed when on Jimmy things were going weird with the lion. That's when, and Jimmy started crying about Oh, that. yeah, the lion, yeah. When Kimmel started, and I thought, this is, something's not going right. This was, was post-baby too, right? First one. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their first baby, which we sent as a station. We, we sent them a bunch of uh, stuff and congratulatory uh, Baby items for them from the station. They were appreciative. They've had me as guests. What for station years. was that? Uh, Dirty Thirty. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, do you D- sign my name on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Show hadn't even started yet, and uh, we sent it. I used to. I used to pitch to uh, to uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, at, uh, every every night. Right. Yeah. Oh, that, that was great because we we were. Doing a tip and a wink and a nod to Larry Connor's mash, and yeah, you just right. took it and you did the whole Johnny Carson thing. Oh with yeah, the swing, with the golf, the golf swing, club. everything else. We had a lot of fun. With I, that. It got to the point where actually I was embarrassed to to pitch to him too because it was such a it, it was a it was a problem, yeah. you know, because because my audience, Channel Thirty, the Almond Report audience, although they were kind of of mixed politics, didn't like that at all. No. I mean, and, and and we had we carved out a niche. In local television, where uh, and and we'll well, you think we're going to wind up doing this show again? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it'd be a daily or a weekly, but I, yeah, it was too. We're already being replicated with the postscripts and the uh, whatever postscripts. <laughs> What's <Yeah>. that? <laughs> oh boy, it's on. It's on Fox too. Um, with oh, who who was the one? Um, who had the recording, he did his own little podcast, and he was talking about Sinclair and you. Um, Who's that? Jayco? No. Post-Dispatch. Uh, oh, that was uh, Ave or whatever yes. his name is? So one of the editors? Yeah, it's him. Oh, Lord. Him and John Brown. Oh, and they, oh it's just. That must be a snooze fest it is. of and major then, proportions. And then Hancock and Kelly. I mean. I, yeah. Well, Hancock is cool. You know, he. Uh, well, he, uh, happy birthday! <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you mean what he what meant? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tell them that story, man, uh, uh, because it, because that was before. I don't want to bore people, but uh, that was um, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, right. I, I said over again, it was some something he said about Jews or something. 
Right. And well, or, or didn't say or whatever. Was it after the suicide or before? Oh, you had to do that, didn't you? Well, I mean, I'm just trying to time this. Schweik's suicide? Yeah. Yeah. It was after. <laughs> right. I'm not laughing at Schweik's suicide, but I'm no. laughing because I remember this. <laughs> because you were Hancock, by the way, was one of the first people to text me after everything went down and said, dude, this is horrible. So he was John our, is a cool guy. He was in our studio and he had to cancel. Oh, right. Because, yeah, he That's came in. That's why we broke the story nationwide. Right, because he was about to go on with us on Channel 30 and, yes. then, and then had to cancel abruptly. <clears throat> and we broke Excuse live. Uh, yeah. Which no one thought we could do, and we did. Right. Um, but then a couple weeks later, you had... Uh, Hancock on, and uh, you, I forgot what the context was. It was about your birthday, and you were questioning him about what and why he said something. Yeah, there was something about the. There was something about some Jew, like whether or not he had said something about Schweik's faith. There was some claim at one point or whatever that like, he had said something. Whispers. Yeah, whispers, and he came, and he was under fire. He came on, and I had some questions for him, and they were they were tough questions, but he answered them right. And so uh, it was just happening to my birthday, then. right? <laughs> and he was very he was very uncomfortable. I like him, but there's just some people that should not be hosting, anchoring television shows. They're just especially in this market. Just because you have a Facebook page does not mean you should have your own TV show. Yeah. Some people need to be trained and have talent to do that. Right. There's a lot of people that don't. I love John Hancock, and he's a Yeah, he, he like, and Kelly like actually him. did some interesting radio at one point. Uh, and, and Hancock, though, when he was on with me, though, he was very uncomfortable. It happened to me on my birthday, and that's where the right. happy birthday thing came from. As a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Ron Burgundy on the script. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break and get your comments there. On Facebook, is where our power is going in and out on the whole satellite thing, so I don't understand why that's going on. But sorry about the Facebook feed. Hopefully the stream is working out well here from the Discovery Design Studios Radio Free Almond.
Live from the Discovery Design Studios. Yes, indeed, everybody. This is Radio Free Almond and my old friend Stevie Church is hanging out. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Here's a measure of um, how low maintenance church is. So, the, let's see, uh, oh, sorry. Let me turn this off again. Sorry. Didn't look like Facebook picked up on my little algorithm thing that time. This is probably because our Facebook isn't really working, you know. So anyway, so at uh, <clears throat> you told me at one point you couldn't be on, and then I figured that that wasn't true. So I just asked you again. Yeah, I was and you a, said you could. I was in my safe space at the time. Yeah. And uh, hey, man, you ought to come in sometimes. I can't because of blah 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 blah. blah. I go I, in my mind. I was thinking that's another. BS thing from Steve Church. So I'll just ask him again. I'll give it two days and then ask him again, and the answer will be different. Yeah. Melissa Click told me I I shouldn't. And so stay in a tent at the quad at Mizzou until I felt better. Oh, did she? Yeah. 
Did she call for backup? Muscle. Muscle. Yes. So uh, I so it was yesterday at 5.44 p.m., and mm-hmm. I texted Steve, and I said, can you co-host tomorrow? I figured I'd catch him like at a time when he's vulnerable or intoxicated or something. So I said, can you co-host tomorrow? Sure, explanation point. Explanation, exclamation point. And that was the last time we talked. Until? Until 5.53 a.m. when I said, you coming in? You don't, so, you don't recall a conversation around 10? Yeah, but I'm just saying, but, 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 but by text. Oh, yeah. And, and That's so, right. And so we really didn't really have, you know, much of a, really, you didn't like say, what's the address or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like no. some people, like, like if I have somebody down, it's, you'd be amazed how many people ask me what the address of the place is. Like, they have no access to any, comp- and I have to type yeah. in an address to you. Yeah. It's the, it's the gas. I mean, it's like it's a, it's gaslight. Just look it up. It's on Shaw. I mean, Lord have mercy. It's at but the hill. What's the address? And I had to put it in that in the zip code and all that kind of stuff. It's like you know, I didn't have to do that with you at all. No, I googled gaslight and then low maintenance gave me the address and yeah, I was here. Yeah, low maintenance. You're lucky you didn't get uh, gasoline station. <laughs> Go down to gaslight and harass them. I, the only thing, I didn't want you uh, producing a show by text like we used to do. What do you mean? We would, we would, you and I would go back and forth at 12.30, 1 in the morning. Over the TV show that we're going to do at 1 or 2 in the afternoon, never mind the fact that you had a radio show in about 4 or 5 hours, but you and I are going back and forth uh, trying to put together a television show, which well, for you was... a. Uh, Sidebar, yeah, right. Thing. I know, but you put a lot into it. I mean, you were you were booking the guest. Yeah, oh yeah. I man. can only imagine what you were doing when I left. Thank God for Thad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, Thad. Yeah, Thad Kemlogi, ladies and gentlemen, he's a Mizzou grad. Yeah, this guy is amazing. He was the only one in the newsroom that picked up what you and I were trying to do. Yeah, he was he he was great. I mean, I. I the, the the idea the fact that we even pulled the show off is a, a, is a miracle and yeah. and that's why and that's why unfortunately and of course I can't really say much but it's too bad you know I mean I can uh, really honestly the uh, whether it be the and I, I'm not going to brag but I will say that that um, the 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 amount of money I made for these companies and 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 the little cost. That it came to them, considering what I pulled off, especially at ninety-seven-one, which is why when Entercom and that harpy from Entercom said I'd only been there twelve years, it was so offensive to me. It was the PR lady there, um, forgot her name again, Esther, who decided she was going to tell everybody I was there for twelve years to diminish uh, my my role there. I was there for seventeen years and worked my ass off and made that show number one in spite of the people I work for, not because of them necessarily. Right. I had a great boss in Jeff Allen uh, and, and John Beck, but they knew that for the most part, I built that show. I built all the people on the show. I had everybody who was a guest on the show who was uh, part, I, everybody who was there. And then uh, at the same time, by the way, making the careers for three or four different people who otherwise nobody would have known about had I not put them on the air. Right. 
And so uh, for all that, this woman goes out there and says, I only did 12 years, and, and, they, and they kick me out after 17. And it's like that's how these guys roll. And believe me, it's not as easy – as we make it look, some of us, uh, and it, no. and it's and and beca- and you could tell because the people who you're currently listening to, they don't know where the hell they are, and and you just you, you know in in some cases, and so they they just it's it's a lot harder than it looks, and it takes a lot of work. Oh yeah, to to make it happen, it takes a lot of work. Well, look what you did on the TV end, and and this came from one of. Bob Iger's number two person at ABC in Burbank that the first time since Barry Baker left KDNL that Channel 30 was an ABC affiliate again, that it was acting like a local TV station again yeah. because of what we were doing. Because we, we weren't just putting the show together. We were out there breaking stories. We were out there in the community. We were doing shows live like, like at Bush Stadium. We were trying to put forth a lot, which, by the way, we did it with one twentieth of the budget of two, four, and five. Right. We did it with one twentieth of the crew, and we kicked ass. Oh, yeah. May I say? We we, we 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 were like the we were such a bargain for these guys. It was unbelievable, man. So I I will tell talk to people in the industry and locally is that you know yeah you might be number one but look how much money you spent quote being number one and we we're only a couple of points behind you and we spent one twentieth of the money. Oh yeah. yeah. So. The yeah. station manager or any station owner is going to look at that and say, "It was a gold mine." I mean, we were yes. we were like printing money for them, yeah, we and were. and not getting anything much Him. in return. But it, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't really. It didn't really. You know, in the end, it didn't matter. I mean, yeah. I, I've never been really a stickler about that kind of stuff. But uh, but but after a while, once the when when then when you get treated so crappily, right. that that's when you start to get your uh, your your. Well, we, uh, undies in a bundle. We did something unique in any other market. We we basically took a AC three sixty, a Bill O'Reilly, an Oberman. We we and we did it on a local level daily, and still providing news, weather, sports. Yeah, with uh, your narrative as you as the host, no denying it. It was called the Almond Report. You knew what you're going to get by the title alone. Yeah, right. And uh, I think it work. It, it'll work again. It's gonna. Yeah, I I, I I think ultimately it will. And uh, uh, Rick just texted me and said, "Make sure you call it Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters." Yes, I should do that. I I'm, I was making assumptions about the fact that people will really know exactly what Discovery Design is, even though. But but it's a it's a great company and just was formulated. And so, yeah, Rick, you're right. I should make sure I call it uh, Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters because they are the ones who are uh, building trucks, fleets from the ground up That's out awesome. there in beautiful St. Peter's. So I uh, appreciate Discovery Design. And, and I'm, getting, I'm trying to get them to get, a, get me a – I think uh, uh, Nick Schwartz is going to come in tomorrow, and he's going to bring in uh, a Discovery Design placard of some sort so I can put it in here so you can see it. I think in Radio Free Almond – Truck production truck would be awesome, Rick. Just what I'm saying. Yeah, they could. They actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually running through my mind. They could, they, they could do. They could wrap your truck if you want oh, to. Yeah, they I could do whatever should. you want. Is that rain? <laughs> Gee whiz! 
I feel like we're wow. in. We're, I can hear. I can hear it in, uh, behind us here. Is All the right, top on uh, your Wrangler. Oh yeah. Okay, good. I, in my Rubicon. Yes. I haven't. Um, I haven't returned that yet to uh, Dave Sinclair. Shh. I'm no. I mean, I'm. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to buy it. You should. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get. I'm going to get it. I had an 09 Rubicon, the favorite vehicle I've ever had. So how do we go, how do we go from 39 people to 72? Are we working out? Are we, I guess we're doing, we're doing the right thing then, huh? With the, it's Facebook is working now again. Great. Okay. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to double back here real quickly on Maxine Waters and because I wanted to, I wanted to play that. And then we're going to get to uh, the latest controversy surrounding Governor Greitens. These people down in Jeff City, these hayseeds down there will not leave this guy alone. This Jay Barnes character, whoever the hell he is, is a pain in the ass. Really? Yeah. He's still around. Yeah, Jay. What's you, you? Why you? You're, you're, it's like you. I haven't heard that name in a while, and I'm just surprised that he's involved. Well, if you see him at the gasoline station, <laughs> make sure you make sure you get him at the gasoline station. Hold on here. Here, let me let me grab her. What's wrong with the sound here? Hang on. Oh, there it is. Here. Yeah, just what you guys want to hear. Maxine Waters louder. I'll still do it for you. Please, Jamie, Very don't talk. Don't treat it. Let's listen. Yes, listen. Just listen. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. How do you know, by the way, that somebody is a Trump supporter at a department store? If maybe if they're wearing a hat, I guess the Make America Great Again hats. And the smell. <laughs> yeah. They, you mean the good smell? Yes. Well, because... Uh, what is what scenario is she currently trying to configure here? Like I'm pumping gas, I have a Trump bumper sticker or I have a Trump hat on, and I'm going to be surrounded by a bunch of left wing goofballs. How long do you th- how do you think that's going to go down? I mean, how how do you think that's going to happen? Where I'm minding my own business at a department store, and I might be wearing my Make America Great Again hat or the Radio Free Almond hat. How do you think it's going to work out for you when you grab a bunch of your goofball liberals to surround me and start yelling at me? How do you think that's going to work out for you exactly? Exactly. It'll go last about thirty seconds, and they'll get their phones out. And they'll start recording you. I, I, but, That's all but they at, do. But at a gasoline station. Exactly. Or a mall. Or a restaurant. Or a restaurant. I mean, I mean, this is, this is where we get to the point, folks, where, you know, I, I hate talking about the idea of a civil war because I hate talking about being uh, violent or uh, being uncivil to my fellow American. And, and it's not kind of in our blood to do that. But if Maxine Waters thinks we're going to live in her jungle, she's out of her mind. Because if, if this is what they're trying to, to devise here, where they're going to attack us at gasoline stations or surround us at gasoline stations or surround us at, at department stores or surround us in restaurants, I don't know how they think this is going to go. We saw what happened the other day with the uh, Department of Homeland Security secretary. She's eating dinner at a Washington, D.C. restaurant. These people are in that restaurant doing same, same, same for like 10 minutes. Nobody's kicking them out. Nobody's doing anything. Isn't that just one person doing that? Isn't that disturbance of the peace? Oh, isn't that ab- breaking the absolutely. law? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a private restaurant. But nonetheless, it, 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 folks, the only way, it's, it's, it's the same thing I say to you 
when it comes to the lawsuit I'm doing against Intercom and everything else, until you stand up and fight these people who are just surrendering every step of the way to these people, until you ask the Galleria Mall, why are you letting these people in your mall? Until you ask this restaurant, why, where are your bouncers or where is your security? Why are you letting these people in a restaurant yelling at you? And, you know, to tell you the truth, I'd ask Sarah Huckabee Sanders, why are you leaving? When, right. you, when, when, when you can tell Mrs. O'Leary and her cow to go shove it somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. At the red head. I, I, if I were Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I'd have sat there and said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat at your restaurant. And if you want to call the police on me or do whatever, I, I would make a gigantic scene out of the thing and make that hag kick me out, drag me out. But, of course, again, to me, uh, you, you have to be – Sarah Huckabee Sanders is, is uh, patient, has manners. And, but, but at some point, when are we going to – Finally, like stick it to people and say, you know, this is enough is enough. We're, we're not taking this anymore. They're going to cross the line and it's going to happen. Well, when, yeah. when, Maxine Waters, how, how is it possible that we, we don't have any Republicans out there right now uh, decrying this? Any conservatives out there? When, and, yeah, you have us in the news media and in this medium right now. But where's Paul Ryan? You know, because I, because, where's Jeff Flake? Right. You know, where's Ben Sass? Where's John McCain? Where where's anybody else who who every time President Trump opens his mouth, he gets nitpicked on and picked on and picked apart and ta- talked about how uncivil he is? And you've got this woman out there talking about people going to gasoline stations and 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 and, and harassing people. Right. I agree. I'll tell you what, you, you come and harass me at a gas station, I'm giving you a, a mouthful of 93 octane. And if that doesn't stop you, I'll give you a mouthful of something else. But don't, don't you dare bother me at a gas station. If you get a car wash, it's 20 cents off per gallon. Just want to let you know. Squirt all over you is what I'll do. And 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 I and, and and there's a possibility after I've doused you in 93 octane, I might just have a cigarette. I don't know. Then get your car wash. Yeah, right. Exactly. And a big gulp. The gasoline station. But I mean, I mean, but, but this is this is outrageous. And and then you had this the guy that this other lawmaker interviewed. And to CNN's credit, they at least asked the guy, like, "Do you think this is okay?" And and I mean, do you think this is? Oh, by the way, who, who is Maxine Waters to say and, and to, to, to delegate her minions to tell me I'm not welcome at the Shell station or I'm not welcome at, at Dillard's? I'm never going to Dillard's. I'm not, I'm not looking for Nautica uh, shirtwear. But nonetheless, right. uh, you know, or, or, or at the restaurant. What? Where are they sitting in their reality that they can dictate what where you can have peace and not have peace? Well, or, but it's yeah. the same way they can dictate what's private and what's uh, public. Going into I, can, I, I how many times I tell people when I was at the at the TV station, how many times I tell people that a, a mall is not public. Right. It's it's not public. Not at all. I mean, it's it's not a public place. 
Nope. And, and, and so and people don't understand that it's – and the people who don't understand it's not a public place are just out of their minds. And, and, and nonetheless, I mean, I guess it's, it's – people go there because they like – they have nothing else to do. I get it. But that doesn't make it a public place. No. I mean, you, you, I mean, I know, I know that you hop off of your criminal import station there in Brentwood, otherwise known as Metrolink, and 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 pop off and go stuff your pants with uh, shirts from uh, Lord and Taylor or whatever the hell it is, and then leave. But that doesn't make it a public place. No, and it became a traveling roadshow. There was no substance behind it other than to attention, uh, do rhymes and clap, and it, it was a traveling roadshow that you see on 3rd Street Promenade, Santa Monica, with the guy in the bucket. That's all it was. It was a flash show and I, well, garbage. I, mean, I don't understand. And, and the problem is there's no one will stand up to these people. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the problem we have. That's the, sometimes conservatives are just too nice. And I, and I get it that we, that we just go along our merry way and we, you know, we, we do our thing. We're trying to raise our families, trying to work, trying to do our stuff. But at some point, man, and, and, and again, to my point earlier, I hate to repeat myself. I'll just do that really quickly before we get on to this next, next issue here. Uh, that, that to me, if you're a good Democrat and you're a good liberal, this should be outrageous to you. You want to be standing up yourself and saying, there's no place for this. You know, I mean, obviously she has freedom of speech. I get it, but there's no place for this. And also, when you ask what where their reality is, where is their reality? By the way, because first of all, it's it's kind of like I remember Damon calling and saying, "Oh no, he doesn't have any support." I go, I I, I told him, I said, "There aren't enough of you." When are you going to get it through your thick skulls that there aren't enough of you to pull off what you think you're you're you, you can pull off in terms of taking over or whatever. There just aren't enough of you. And, and we, and we no. proved, and, and, and what did we, how, how much do we have to prove to you other than what happened on the, uh, is, that a, is that plaid in the middle? Of, what is it? Oh, never mind. How much do we have to prove to you other than what we proved to you on November 8th of 2016 that you can squawk all you want, you can own all the newspapers you want, you can have all the microphones you want, but we're going to beat you in, in we're going to we're going to beat you at the polling place when we come out we're going to we're going to take care of you when 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 uh when 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 it comes time and I'll never forget when um when Stacy Newman's slow stepson what's his name Drew Drew the slow the slow one in the family uh when 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 he said that um we have more power than you I'll never forget that and I guess temporarily you might but once, once I have you living in a cardboard box, I will rem- you will remember me, and you will remember what you did, and you will be reminded that actually you don't have the power in the end. No. It was a battle. One battle of a of, – they started a war, and they may have won a little battle. And it was a facade. It was all bull crap. They didn't – they didn't have thousands of people and thousands of supporters. Oh, yeah. None of that happened. Right, right. And, and, and when her spleen ruptures, when, uh, when she gets served, she's not going to have taxpayers to pay for her surgery this time around. That's the, the family had their own issues long before you. Oh, they did? Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't throw stones in a glass house. Oh, they lived in a glass house? Fragile. Mm. 
Those are expensive. Yeah. Yes, it is. This book is called Resilience. Okay, written by Eric Greitens. And did you did you um did you, you so when I mentioned Jay Barnes's name, how did that why did that come about? Uh, the name rang a bell, and okay, I was trying to connect the dot. Yeah. Well, I have a um, I have a signed copy of Resilience, and uh, it's Hard Won Wisdom for Living a Better Life. Eric Greitens is the uh, writer, uh, Navy SEAL. I remember interviewing him about this on my um, on the show. On yeah. The show. He gave me a signed copy of it, and I didn't get you know, one. You didn't get a signed copy? No. You might have not been there at the time. No, I was. Oh, you were. Yeah. You no, you didn't give me one. Mm. Did you ask for one? No. Okay. I didn't think I needed to. <laughs> well, I asked, I asked him to sign it. No. I'm so, going to show him the book while you, you talk. You got to stand up. Stand up for show him the book while you talk. Stand up for your rights, as Bob Marley would say. The book is called Resilience. And so now this Jay Barnes character, because uh, on The Daily Show, they pointed out that uh, he was interviewed by Jon Stewart. And I interviewed him, too. And it was called Resilience, Hard-Won Wisdom for Living a Better Life. So now uh, they, the, the, this House committee chairman, Jay Barnes, who is part of the impeachment committee, and when, and when Eric Greitens was telling me about the book, uh, he said it was uh, based on a series of letters that he wrote to a fellow veteran who was having trouble Getting on in life, he was. It was. It was. An, it, he was having issues, PTSD, and and, and beyond. And it was um, correspondence that he really did find to be uh, an important part of his life, and also the life of the person he was writing to. Well, now um, Jay Barnes wrote a letter to his colleagues on the committee that investigated Greitens, and why this is now useful to any in any stretch of the imagination why jay barnes has decided that this is something that he wants to do um he wrote that he believes that the book was fabricated and that it's literary fraud he feels yes he feel he he's saying that right now yeah and and, and he's uh saying um that there are documents in the committee's possession raising suspicions of literary fraud Regarding resilience. He said, Greitens repeatedly asserted to national media outlets that the book was the outgrowth of a series of letters between himself and the Navy SEAL suffering PTSD who called him after being arrested in charge of the crime. This appears to be false, he said. Hmm. He says the original manuscript for the book was likely written by one of Greitens' assistants, and it was only after that manuscript was complete that Greitens began editing the book into a series of letters. And he said there's no public record of Greitens' friend being arrested, as Greitens describes in the book. Uh, And it was... uh, The Post-Dispatch is reviewing a 400-page manuscript. I mean, it's like... First of all... At this at this point, why are why are these guys still trolling Eric Reitens? Why are they still making some kind of beef about this guy? And and if they have the proof, why don't they step up and actually for once, you know, for for once, let's have these people making these accusations show us the documentation. If Jay Barnes is a state rep, he's writing a letter to colleagues insinuating this is fake. Then prove that it is right. Why why, why are we not asking? Why don't we ask for 
a modicum of proof from from either it, whether it be reporters at the Post Dispatch or whether it be people who are making these accusations. They think they could just throw spaghetti on the wall. If it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I, I here here's what I think. There, Eric's silence is scaring the heck out of this party still. Eric's silence to this date is sitting uneasy on people like Jay Barnes. The wife of the soldier, uh, the Navy SEAL, uh, who was uh, part, uh, they found the guy, uh, and and they decided to now, uh, so the guy's suffering through PTSD. He basically was, 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 was almost on the verge of suicide. And Eric Greitens basically saved his life. That's the story Eric Greitens tells. And so given all this, what do they do? They decide they're going to call the guy who's, who's gone through the PTSD and who was helped by Eric Greitens. And he's like, I'm not talking to you. And then, 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 then they harass his wife, Christy, Sheets, and she text messages one of the people from the Post-Dispatch who's harassing these people still. And she said, Eric saved my husband's life and many other veterans' lives. You should write about that. Now, you'd think after you were told that by the wife of this individual, that at that point, you would go away. At that point, you would say, okay. Yeah. Non-story. Yeah, because, because that's coming from the wife. But, they, but apparently, they, they think she's a liar, because they're, they're, they're still following through on this. And then she is asked to explain why her husband's arrest records weren't publicly available. And she says that, um, that uh, the, the Sheets was accused of assaulting a law enforcement officer. And it was in a veteran's court. So, so, so veterans' court proceedings are closed to the public. They're not like a public proceeding. It's not on CaseNet. Yeah, it's not going to be there. Military tribunals and everything else, they're not going to be there. Uh, and, and, and again, she's now saying, the, the wife again is saying, they wrote letters back and forth. The book is true. Drew gave a signed copy to the veterans' court judge. So... And considering his uh, condition, you're getting into HIPAA. Uh, well, too. Uh, they sh- right, but 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 and, and what I don't understand about, about about the newspapers and about other people is they'll do a story. It's the same thing they do to President Trump. Well, they'll start with this, and then suddenly uh, you're you're just denying the story as opposed to the story being untrue. So all you have to do now in this day and age is throw something out there that. Uh, Jamie Allman did this, and, uh, and and then at that point, uh, you have all I'm doing is denying it, right? In spite of evidence that might be to the contrary, in spite of of things that might be able to refute all of that, you're now in a position of denying that you did this. So, even though the story is written. It's top-heavy because it's top-heavy with the allegations, and then uh, at the bottom is where they address Byline. the refutation of the allegations by the, wo- the, the wife of the guy. 
I mean, that, that should be your top of your story, not the bottom, if that's the case. Uh, and, 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 and it shouldn't be a story at all if you talk to the woman. She goes, yeah, they wrote letters back and forth. The book is true. Um, you can't find the records because they're, they're not publicly available and, because it's a veteran's court. And, that's, and, and he saved my husband's life. End of story. The story should – the headline should be Jay Barnes publishes false and defamatory story. Well, here's, here's what's going to happen. This story will be printed, uh, and it is. It's printed now in, in, the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the post, and it's going to go away. And, and, and Jay Barnes is never going to be asked by anybody to show documentation that supports his allegation that they had uh, investigated Greitens. It's too close to home for me. Why is that? I, I have an ex-wife oh. doing this. Makes uh, an accusation, throws spaghetti on the wall, claiming they're oh. going to have documentation to support it, and then they don't. Hey, Matt, can you run out and get uh, Dr. Naputi? He's in here. Oh, I'm sorry. Love Eric. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy, man. Uh, speaking of PTSD and veterans, Dr. Naputi has done amazing things for veterans at Naputi Wellness. Right. Love this guy. I don't know whether uh, Matt's around. Can you go out and get him? Yeah, I can go out and get him. Uh, but I, oh, uh, um. Before let me see. I, before yeah. you do that, yeah. uh, will you look up uh, Jay Barnes's uh, phone number? We'll call him on the air. Sure. Can you go out and get Doctor Naputi, buddy? Thank you, man. Uh, look up his office phone. I don't know whether I don't have his other number. I thought I had it on. Um, oh, you have his cell. I did at one point. Oh, you did. Oh, let's call him. Let's call his ass. Ask him point blank what's up. Why he doesn't have the info? Is 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 he on Twitter? I'll look. I'll look him up on Twitter and ask him to come on the show. Because apparently he's uh, he he wrote and that's the other thing is they write a letter. Uh, and 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 they um. They they write a letter and but Jay Barnes is not asked actually to. Uh, to actually speak about the matter, did they just take it by the uh, by the point of the letter? But again, if you're going to make these allegations and then go so far as to harass the wife of a veteran who went through PTSD and almost lost his life and was saved by Eric Greitens, if you're in that situation, uh, at some point the story needs to be settled. I mean, she's the one who's who's talking about it. What are you What are you looking up it up in Braille over there? Yes, I am. <laughs> she whiz. There's a lot of garbage on here, and, but his contact is not. <laughs> looks like that, it looks like that phone oh, is confounding you. I don't have my glasses. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. You want to call him? Let's call him. What's his number? Hold on here. Look at you. I'm looking. It's like you're holding a, uh, a hand grenade over there. It's like, it's, like, it's like you're in the middle of a mongoose and a snake fight. Yeah. Kind of look like Jamie Allman in between uh, <laughs> takes at the Allman Report. <laughs> Dude, I was a good guy back then. Not anymore. Let me give it. Let me, give me that. Give me that number. What are you doing? I'll I'm look for the number here. You, you know, I was going to just say how what a great producer you are. Then you know him. No, don't, I, don't read it out. I asked you last no, night. You don't know, read you it out. Who cares? No, What's the number? I'm trying to find 573. I'll get you started. 573 751 and then I'm trying to find the 751 <laughs> uh, committees hearings legislative past sessions. 
dude, never mind. Yeah. I did ask you last night, would you like for me to... Call him? Do anything to get ready for this here, morning's show. Here it is, right here. 751 Let's see what he has to say. It's kind of early. He's in room number 306A. Or you can get him at the gasoline station. If you see Jay Barnes. Increase the voicemail of Representative Jay Barnes. Please leave your name, phone number, and a brief message, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you. You may start your message now. Thank you. Representative Barnes, it's Jamie Allman. Good morning this morning, uh, Representative Barnes. From beautiful St. Louis and the Discovery Design Studios, building trucks from the bottom up, baby. And they'll do a wrap for you as well. And if you want a conveyor on your state representative car, Rick Pogue and the gang at Discovery Design can do that for you too. But in the meantime, will you call me back? Because we'd like to talk to you about your letter that you wrote regarding Eric Greitens' uh, book. And you called it literary fraud, literary fraud. And we would like to know what your evidence is that it's actually literary fraud. Now, by the way, I'm calling you uh, on the air. So I'm leaving you a message, and this message is also going out to multitudes of individuals who are curious as well. Yes. My number, oops. Um, <laughs> oops, I'm trapped. Hang on. Let me just get the music here. Cut my mic. for. We cut my mic for a second, please. Mine too. Cut the mics. It's, it's not that I don't want you all to call me. I mean, you guys can call me anytime. I just, if I get it out there, then suddenly I'm not, you know, so. I had, to, I had to privately leave a number. Why would you leave him 555-1212? That's the weather. No, that's the joke line. All right, Representative Barnes, call me, please, because it's infuriating that we read a story about a letter you sent, and yet you haven't provided any proof at all that's literary fraud, just insinuations. And so I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Thank you, sir. Have a great rest of your day. This is J.B. Allman signing off from the beautiful Discovery Design Studios at Radio Free Allman. I was trapped there for a second, wasn't I? Almost. I was like, uh, but we, we I, I had a solution. I always Hit have. Hit the cough button. <laughs> exactly. All right, so we come back. Check this out. One of my old friends, and speaking of PTSD, because I just did uh, regarding the, uh, the uh, Eric Greitens colleague there in, in the, uh, as a Navy SEAL, Dr. DePuty, that's just one sliver of a component of his practice at DePuty Wellness where he, mm-hmm. I actually talked to a guy down there who uh, was going through PTSD therapy and through the help that Dr. Pudi was giving him. And I'm telling you, that, and Dr. Pudi told me somebody about a guy who wouldn't even leave his house, okay? He wouldn't, he, before he wouldn't even leave his house, he was so, because you know, a lot of these guys who have PTSD can't be in crowds, can't be among people, just everything is just too much for them to bear and you can understand why. So, so, Suddenly, this guy is at the Naputi Wellness Center, which is very busy. It's but it not, it's not overly. What I'm saying is, but there are a lot of people around. Everything else, and this guy was after a couple weeks or whatever it was that that Dr. I'll let him tell the story uh, was now 
showing up at the Naputi Wellness Center, talking to people, doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was it was amazing what they were able to do for people. And that's just one aspect of what Naputi Wellness and Dr. Naputi will do for you. So we're going to have him in just a few. Can't okay. wait. Yeah, stand by, people. Stand by. Hopefully we'll get a call back from Jay Barnes. Should I go stand behind the uh, podium, behind the camera? What? Should I go stand behind my podium, behind the camera again? Yeah. Okay. I'll be over there. Okay. Oh, no, you can know. We go, he's going to be right in the center Oh, here. okay. We got a microphone for him. Oh, wow. We're big time Is that here. what that is? Yeah. All right. See you in a Thank sec. You. Wake up, you sleepy head. Put on some clothes, shake off your bed. Put another log on the fire for me. I made some breakfast and coffee. Look out my window. What do I see? Crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me. All the nightmares came today. It looks as though they're here to stay. What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you. I'll think about a world to come where the books were found by the golden ones. Written in pain, written it all by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today. It looks as though they're here. Faces in golden rays. Don't kid yourself, they belong to you. They're the start of the coming race. The others are bitch. We finished our news. Homo sapiens have outgrown their use. All the strangers came today, and it looks as though they're here to stay. Welcome back, everybody. 809-9 after the hour. <laughs> Radio Free Almond. 
Yeah, we are live from the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitter Studio, people. You were out there when we had the uh, Throwdown Palooza with uh, Doug Giles. That's a good time. Had a great time. That's Eric DePudi right there. Yeah. My bud. Dr. Eric DePudi, Steve Church. Have you met Steve before? Oh, yeah. Steve and I go way back. Oh, you do you? It's nice to see Steve on this side of the camera. <laughs> Normally he's Thank back you. there Skyping. Oh, yeah, that's I don't right. I what he does. Uh, that's right. And we're also on your Facebook page, is that correct? Like, yeah, right? we are. So you can go to uh, Naputi Wellness Facebook as well. Give us some thumbs up so you can Good share that with us. Good the spotted, everybody. That's well, uh, so we were out there, and uh, again, it's, uh, Dr. Naputi was the one who had the... Uh, he sponsored the bounce house out there. The slip and slide. Yeah. It slip and slide. Yeah, it, turned out, <laughs> it, did, it did turn into a slip and slide out there. They loved it, though. And, and, and the backstory on uh, this whole thing, and, and Dr. DiPuti has been a longtime friend of mine uh, and, and a longtime friend of the show. And we, even when I was over at 97.1, and when, uh, when the, the crap was hitting the fan over everything, Dr. DiPuti was... The first one, he and Ryan and his, and his yep. team at Deputy Wellness were the first ones uh, out of the blocks defending me, going to bat for me, <laughs> even though people were uh, attempting to dox them, threaten their business. Death I mean, threats. dude, d- yeah, death Physically. threats. <laughs> it was yeah. unbelievable what yeah. these guys were going through defending yeah. me. I know it. It's all good, brother. Uh, it's, it's all good now, and, and you're wearing the Radio Free Almond hat, which uh, I, I couldn't, I, I'm telling you, I could not have done this without you, not just because you hooked me up with Ryan, but just because your support, your moral support, and, and, and your enthusiasm and your infectious passion and courage what just meant everything to me, dude. I'm telling you. Well, I, I appreciate that more than you know, but I'll tell you this. I learned a long time ago, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. Yeah. And when when you believe in something and there's people around you that believe the same thing and you're – you know, you you got a, a common mission and a goal. I mean, my gosh, you're supposed to stand up for it. I mean, that's what I do in my offices. That's what I do with my family. That's just how I live my life. Right. And you know, I'm I'm ride or die, brother. Whatever we got to do, let's roll. I love it, buddy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's and 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 it's no wonder with your practice, you have uh, have had so much success as you've had, and we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, but you know, just one more thing about. Uh, this fight. So what happened was is these guys were getting just harassed. I mean, weren't there people like threatening to like to, to go into your financial, like destroy your financial records? I mean, I don't even know what what the hell was going on. I was so busy I, myself, I, but I, I was just hearing that things were happening to you guys. And there were people who were literally trying to wanted to bring your business down. Yeah, yeah, there literally were. I mean, it seemed at the time when it first happened, it seemed like, oh my gosh, there's masses of people that, yeah, are, yeah. that are out there and they're, they're, they're trashing your name and they're, they're telling people to boycott your business. Really, it turned out to be, I don't know, 17, 18, 20, 100 people. You know, you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the mouths of a few that really silenced the strong masses, which was ridiculous. Once we, once we got popped in the face 
proverbially, if okay, yeah, not, yeah, not literally, yeah. figuratively. And we look back and go, well, well, so what? There's nothing to this. Yeah. Why are you even chapping about this? Because 15 minutes from now, nobody's going to care. Right. You know, and, and so, yeah, there were people that were asking us to boycott you, boycott the radio, boycott people to boycott our own businesses. And we said, what the hell are you talking about? What are you yeah. smoking? I do brain balance therapy in my office. I offered for free for all these people to come in to get their stupid brains, <laughs> crazy brains checked out, but they wouldn't do it. <laughs> Oh, well, you can't fix stupid. Yeah, exactly. Fix stupid. And, 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 and what was so funny is, and I'm not going to get too much into the weeds on this because there's some stuff that's going on uh, of a legal nature with me that I, that I, I don't want to get too right. uh, exhaustive about the, the actual uh, facts of the case. But Dr. Deputy also told the station, he goes, if he goes, I'm going. Right. I'm leaving. And I don't think they believed you at first. And so when I was fired... Dr. Deputy took everything, not only his Wellness Matters show, but also his ads, and he said, I am gone. Yeah. And it was a pretty big deal to do that. First of all, because you, know, you were getting, you know, with my show and with your own show there, you were getting a lot of exposure, but yeah. then, but, so you had to take a small hit uh, before we kind of got back up again uh, to, in terms of getting yourself out there. But by then, hopefully... Uh, all of the goodwill uh, that was uh, that you got from being part of this fight helped you get through the fact that you couldn't actually have the exposure of Wellness Matters, which was a great show, and which is going to be appearing mm-hmm. back here on Radio Free Almond. And so you're going to be able to have it at the tip of your fingertips whenever you want it or when actually it, it airs, whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, that was Fantastic, but he took some balls to say, "I'm packing, I'm packing up." And also, the pressure that he got from the people that he was leaving was pretty severe too. Yeah. But we're going to have to get into that at some point. Yeah, we we uh, not not to get too deep with it, but but uh, the the folks that knew me knew <laughs> as soon as I said I was going to go. If you go. They knew I was gone. Yeah. But then they tried to do that because you know there was a new corporate structure in there and all mm-hmm. that. And this poor gal who didn't know her head from her hole in the ground, reached out to me when I was on business in Florida and said, hey, I want to talk to you about what's going on with all... The lady couldn't even pronounce my name right. <laughs> she didn't know who I was. Had to know, I was so embarrassed for the station. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, she, and I know that she talked to the people at the station. Says, I'll get on that phone with the doctor. I'll close him and get him. And I said, lady, you're wasting my time. Boom. You know, it was done. It was over. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, again, she also, yeah. and she said something that ultimately uh, we're, we're keeping secret yeah. about, yeah. about why it happened. And why the firing took place, and we'll we'll get that nailed down eventually because it it had nothing to do with what they're saying right now. Oh, so no. that's that's all I'm telling you. But we'll right. we'll get to that uh, eventually. But yeah, man, I mean, you you had somebody call one of the one of the corporate hotshots calling you at that point. So anyway, uh, thank you. I want to tell no, you. No, no, I, I appreciate good, it very I much. That you appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. I do. We're in this together, dude. Absolutely, man. And Absolutely. a bigger, better things. You know, I'm so excited to bring my program here because now we can do an uncut, uncensored. Here right. it is, right in your face. I don't have to worry about a dump button. Not that I'm going to get cussy or <laughs> yeah, crazy, right, right. but you know what I mean. I can say what I want to say and do what I want to do, and not have to worry about what other people think or feel. If yeah, you, will. you yeah. know what I mean. Just tell the truth, man. Right. That's on. all I want to do is tell the truth. Yeah. Let's do I, it. No doubt. And and the truth about I don't know. Have you gone? Have you gone to the Deputy Wellness actually as a patient? 
Yeah. When it was a uh, bailiff's next to Joey Farrell's yeah, Kips yeah, Candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. God, that was years ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, we... We're uh, still there. Yeah. At that location. We have a couple locations now, but now Chesterfield I have, like, too. half that strip mall is all our practice wow. now. Yeah, man. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's really it, crazy, it, it, Going in there, and I remember talking about this even long ago on the other radio station, you go in there and you see entire families that are being helped through a variety of different ways. Some, maybe the, the child has ADD, ADHD, right. uh, the, the dad might have migraine headaches, whatever, and they're all, it's amazing what you've done. And for me, I went in there for a couple things. First of all, I, for, I went through a, a period where, man, my sinuses were like, I felt like I had a cold all the time. Right. Couldn't figure out what was going on. And then I also had like a digestive thing going on too. I couldn't figure that out. So I go in to see Dr. Naputi and he shows me this mapping of my spine where, where you can see every little place that dictates how certain parts of your body will behave. I'm talking about right, your internal right. organs, everything. It was amazing. Few adjustments here. Few adjustments there, and I was, I was, I'm telling you, you guys don't like to use the word cured because doctors don't like to use that right, word. Right. But I'm telling you, I felt like I was cured, dude. Yeah. I need to go you. back. Yeah, <laughs> weight we, loss. We we do that. We're good at. That. I know we're good at that. You know, years ago when I first got into practice, I visualized having when I had that little spot, the 1,200 square foot right next to Kip's Candies. I remember sitting there visualizing, I want to have a place where all people can go, all families, all backgrounds, all walks of life can go for a one-stop shop to find the cause of their problems, where I'll have 95-year-old old ladies high-fiving NFL football players in the hallway and having kids running around getting better, just a one-stop shop that, that everybody could go to and everybody could afford. And I remember a couple years ago sitting in that same chair that I visualized that in 15 years ago, looking up and just seeing all that happening. And how cool that is to yeah. be a part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just to be a – and this is the truth. And, 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 and if you haven't been to our, our centers, you've never been to anywhere like our place. And that's just a fact. Because, yeah, I have a degree in chiropractic. We have medical doctors, nurses. We have all this stuff in our offices. But if you've never been to our offices, you've never experienced what we do. You know, it's Missouri's the show-me state. So people call me from all over the country, and I say, listen, if you've never been here, just come and check it out because it's so different. And, and, and part of it is that inviting atmosphere that we have that it's – we're just going to talk to you like real people, yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, and, and, you know, when you go in there, there are all kinds of different uh, – Places that you know, little parts of Naputi Wellness where certain people are being uh, or getting their individual situations worked out. Right, right. And, and one of the other things that you, uh, we're going to get to the non-opioid drip in just a second yeah, yeah. too, because that was another. Because you're always thinking, man. I mean, um, and there are times like at four or five o'clock in the afternoon, he's like, "Hey, want to go to dinner?" I'm like, "Dude, I wish you'd call me like at ten in the morning or something." <laughs> he's like, "Fine, I got, I'm, I'm going out. And be, be, I'll meet you in a half hour." I go, "I can't do it." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but but he's always thinking. So uh, that's where you have expanded your practice right. now, and you're you're actually tied in with these great guys with the NFL right. uh, to work, who are focused on concussions. Yeah. But more importantly, though, this is an opioid drip. It's a non opioid drip and you know what's going on with all these damn pain pills and people getting addicted to pain pills and right, oxycontin right. and everything else but this is the non-opioid drip correct well 60,000 people a year were dying from and are dying still from properly prescribed opioid medications you know you go you bust up your knee you go to your doctor your doctor gives you an opioid next thing you know you're taking an oxy and you're dead yeah you know because you have a glass of wine or too many or whatever and and so obviously this has been going on for a long time you know we're talking 10 to 15 plus years but over the last really three years the the 
people have just become so aware of it and politicians become aware of it. But what really made the change was when the people became aware and the insurance companies started suing the pharmaceutical companies and the pharmaceutical companies started suing the doctors, the patients started suing. The, so it's all about the money, right? It's all about right. the money. So we saw this major, huge void, which we've done non-narcotic pain relief, non-drug pain relief for 15 years. And so we took this program that we have, the, the vitamin IV program, plus some of the other things that we do naturally without drugs, and put it into a package and put it out there for the community. And people go, oh my God, I can get rid of my problem, the cause of it. I don't have any side effects and it's cheaper than anything else I've ever done. This is too good to be true. And then so we teamed up with the NFL and started doing work with them with that. And then 46 um, VA facilities are putting our protocols in there in North and South Carolina in their VA system to help with PTSD, concussions, and chronic pain without any side effects. And I remember sitting in front of the FDA because when you, when you present a new drug, because this technically is a drug, even yeah. though it's a vitamin. Yeah. When you take a vitamin and take it orally, it's a vitamin. If I penetrate your skin, it's now a drug, which is weird, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> right, right. Um, when you sit in front of the FDA attorneys and you show them all this stuff and you show them your research, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop to see where's all, where are all the side effects. And whenever we right. said, well, right. there aren't any, they were like, well, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You mean you help people and you don't kill them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, well, so let me ask you this, though, because, because you have been in the non-pharmaceutical health business, how much pushback do you get? Because I'm, I'm always suspicious about the pharmaceutical industry. And there clearly are a lot of people who take pharmaceuticals and, and it, it's working for them. Right. I get it. There are a lot of people who even take opioids and, and they can't live without them and they're not abusing right. them. And right. I get it. But, but how much pushback do you get from the politicians and the pharmaceutical companies? Because, man, you're going up against people who, I mean, they, they want people to believe right. that if you don't take this pill or if you don't have this pharmaceutical, you're not going to get help. Well, Lobbyist. Well, I mean, we've, we've created over the last hundred years this whole paradigm, this whole idea that you don't have to worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you do. It, there's a pill for it. A great example, I had a friend of mine just a couple weeks ago, he was out to dinner with his father, and he sends me a picture. His dad is a raging diabetic. He's got neuropathy in his feet. He's losing his toes, all this stuff. The guy's got a giant big gulp Coca-Cola, uh, um, a pretzel with cheese on on it and he says the kid says to his dad he says dad what are you doing eating this your diabetes he goes that's why i take my medicine oh. because that's our mindset right? right this pill will fix it well how's that working out for us it's not and so the whole idea is there's so much money. We're talking trillions and trillions of dollars behind the pharmaceutical world. I can't come out there and say, go throw all your drugs away, which I would never say that because there are people who are on meds that need them. Yeah. And by the way, we do prescribe some medications, but they're natural medications. It's things like you know vitamin Ds, and we do natural thyroid medicine. We do uh, natural hormone. Vitamin C to buy it now for an injection, and B12, you need a DEA license for it. So you ha those are technically drugs, but they're more natural drugs, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. no to low side effects. So do I get pushback? Hell yeah, we do. We get a lot of it. But once we educate, and when I say to someone, if you are an opioid or somebody's taking drugs or something, I'm not telling you you're bad, you should stop that. What I'm saying is if there was a way, not 
ask yourself this question. If there was a way to find the cause of your problem, to get rid of the symptoms and not have to take the, d- the drugs and the dope, would you want to find out about it? If the answer is yes, that's when you need to come see someone like me. If the answer is no, don't waste your time coming to see me because I'm not the guy for you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep taking your dope. Keep doing your drugs. If that's what you want, that's your life. Guess what? It's America. You still have the freedom to choose that. And I'm cool with that. But if you want a better life for yourself, your kids, your family, you want to know what's really, truly you know, possible with health, that's what we're about. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, that's it does. What we do, because we, I, I think that story you told about the guy and, and, and how uh, the medications oftentimes are necess- not really being used as cures or as relief. They're being used as place setters so people right. can keep on with the, with the uh, conduct of their lives that actually is causing the problem to begin with. So part of what your therapy is or what, what your practice is, is is you're also kind of building habits as well right. as cures. So, right. so, so like with weight loss, whatever, you do have a great weight loss program there as well where you can – you're learning – it's not just one of these crash diet things. Right. You're, aside from you're losing the weight, but you're also learning uh, to eat in ways that actually ultimately for a lifetime are going to keep you looking good. I mean, know? that's the plan. Good. You know, so, so doctor is Latin for teacher, right? That's what it means. It means teacher. So doctor is not Latin for drug dealer, okay? We're supposed to teach, reach, and inspire as many people as we can to live a healthier lifestyle. That's it. Now, healthier lifestyle doesn't mean that you can't still have a steak, a beer, and a cigar every once in a while. Okay. Does it mean that you, you know, are going to live your life completely gluten free no. and clean? It means that you're healthy, whatever that may be for you. It means that your body's functioning at, at the best that it can. And so we measure. All my team members at my offices have these really cool little T-shirts. It's got our cool little logo on it. On the back, it says Naputi Wellness. And our our philosophy is: we don't guess, we test. Physiology doesn't lie. So if you have a high blood pressure, or if you have high cholesterol, or you have high blood sugar, why? We need to find out why. And is it genetic? It can be. We'll test for that. Is it food-related? It can be. We'll test for that. Do your kids have ADD? Do they or do they not? We can test for that stuff. And once we find the cause, then we can develop a plan to correct it. So it's not just about getting you to lose a bunch of weight or getting you to, you know, to get rid of your kid's ADD. It's about getting you healthy. And a side effect of that is you get rid of the weight. You get rid of the blood pressure. You get a happier, healthier life. I mean, I've got little old men and women that come in our office all the time and they're bringing in their medications they don't need anymore. I'll tell you a great story. Um, This just happened a couple weeks ago. There's a guy named Paul. And Paul... Uh, he's probably 84, 85. He used to play bass for uh, Chuck Berry back then. Oh, wow. Paul's a cool mm. dude. Yeah. Paul's got some cool stories. You know what I mean? He's I'm got sure. some cool stories. Paul comes in, he says, and we, were, <laughs> we had a workshop. I do these workshops all the time. I got one tonight, tomorrow, Thursday, just to educate people. And Paul waited until the workshop to bring up, you know, at the end of it, I said, does anybody have any questions? He goes, I got something I want to say. <laughs> I said, well, what do you got, Paul? And I've known Paul for about 15 years now. He goes, I got some pills I don't need anymore. And Paul walks up to the front of the room and boom, throws them down on my table. And I looked at him, I go, oh my gosh. He, he goes, well, you tell him, Doc, what those are. Well, those were his Viagra. Oh, He goes, I don't need this no more. I get adjusted and get my vitamins and I'm good to go. I'm like, I'm like thanks, Paul. <laughs> oh, I love it's not it. all just about that, but when you get people healthy, cool yeah. things happen, man. You so, know what I mean? You know, one of the things about that <laughs> I, I love to, to do that <laughs> is, the, um, is the drip, the, yeah. the, the, the IV. Yeah, yeah. Now, I go down there and I get this... Um, 
Well, it's it's what is it called Myers. We cocktail? call it a Myers cocktail. So it's a it's a fancy term that the, the the term Myers cocktail was coined after a Dr. John Myers back in the 30s, and it was basically it's an IV of vitamins. And we can give a mega dose. We have 30 or 40 different formulas, depending upon what you need. And we measure your blood and we go, okay, you need this formula based off of your, your blood. What you don't have is what you need. And so we're able to formulate this and give you an IV push or a drip. It takes about 10 to maybe 15 minutes max. Yeah, and max. it gets you two to three months worth of vitamins. And it's amazing. We have formulas for chronic pain, formulas for migraines, formulas for energy, formulas to boost the immune system, stuff for asthma. I mean, it's amazing how it works. And really, I got into IV nutrition therapy. Gosh, it was probably about 12 years ago. My wife and I were on our way back from Jamaica and she got really sick. And my wife is super tough, amazing chick, and she was just sick. It just couldn't, wouldn't get out of bed for a couple of days. And so I, I finally said, let's run some blood. Well, the blood test came back pretty scary. I remember freaking out because one of our doctor friends said, this might be leukemia. Her immune system was crashing. I'm freaking out. And I called a mentor of mine. He says, you need to go see this guy who practiced down in Rolla, Missouri. Actually, it was Rolla, Missouri. What Missouri? Yeah, right. And I go see this doctor who's passed away now, and he says, no, no, she got a vitamin C deficiency. And I said, well, where the hell does it say that? Because my buddy's an oncologist says it looks like, you know, yeah. cancer. Right. And he said, no, she needs vitamin C drip. So we did two in a row. After the third day, she's like getting up before I am, looks great, back to normal. A couple weeks later, did the blood test. It was normal. I begged the guy. I said, you got to please teach me this. Because they don't teach this in school anymore. Right, this right. is not a. This is not something that is IV nutrition one on one. People stumble into this because life happens. You know, I'm a faith based guy. I believe everything happens because God wants it to for me. You know, and so we started doing these IVs, and we've been doing IV nutrition now for you know 12, mm-hmm. 13 years. And then about three years ago, we get involved with the NFL, uh, Jamie Dukes, those yeah, guys with yeah. uh, the pro IV and the pain control therapy. We just did that study with the VA. Um, it was October. We finished it. We had a hundred vets that every one of them had reduction in pain by doing the the ivs and that lasted six weeks some of them longer without any drugs and some of them were able to get off of their meds and some of the side effects that, that we listed in the fda was like that doesn't make sense people were saying things like i feel better my neuropathy's gone i have more energy i can have sex again you know all this i'm sleeping better and they're like well this doesn't make sense this is a drug you know so anyway <laughs> right well you know and, and to your point just about the ivs like right. for instance uh, one of the great things about the Pooty Wellness is I've been going there for a long time and I see the same faces down there, right. which is an important part of any practice or po- po- quite possibly any place you go to. When you see the same people every time you go there, I'm talking about the same faces, that means people are staying there. That right. means the, the, there's retention. That means they're happy. That means that it's a great place to work. And so uh, that helped me initially because I, I i getting an iv is not as hard as you think it is right. like like you like the idea some people really freak out about this idea of sitting there and getting an iv once you get over the first thing i mean i did have a right. time the first time i did it my palms were sweaty and i was like freaking out right. looking for the vein yeah yeah, yeah. well they're in know, there somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 then you know then it got to the point where you know i have the same people doing it i come back and come yeah. back and back and so you this familiarity helps you through some of the things that might have give you some trepidation about what you're doing, and, right. and, and but that but that's a big component, man. Uh, um, you, I'm sure that it's a value to you, obviously, but to the people who go 
to your to Deputy Wellness, it's great to be able to kind of know people by name. You're, right. you're you're familiar with who they are, and sure, there are people who move out because they're on to they maybe right. start whatever they're doing. But for the most part, uh, I love the fact that you get this. You know, we're really same blessed with there. that. We we have the same. I mean, you go in. It's funny because. You know, you go at nine o'clock in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's first of all, my team members are all amazing, right? They're all great people. Yeah. Because and by the way, we have all different kinds of doctors. And I was just talking to a nurse practitioner yesterday. She came in our office because she wants to work with us. And we have medical doctors and pediatricians in there. We have chiropractors and physical therapists and nutritionists. And the lady was just blown away by like, I can't believe how many services you guys offer. And what's cool about about our our patients is. You know, if you come two days a week for a while or once a week for a while at nine o'clock, you become friends with the other 30 people that come. <laughs> right. They have right. like, you know, poker nights together and they go hang out. And they make, I mean, it's like a family. You yeah. know, it's it's really, truly a blessing. And there's there's a method to the madness of that. I always tell my teammates, uh, people that work with us, and I tell our patients, I said, listen, we're a big, happy family. Mm-hmm. We may be a dysfunctional family from time to time and we may not always agree. But at the end of the day, we're still family. We love each other. I'm going to tell you the truth. You tell me the truth back. If you like it, cool. If you don't like it and get offended, you just need to go somewhere else. <laughs> right. Well, you know. Let me ask about the Yes, Steve uh, Church. Uh, do you have a question, yes. Steve Church? Yeah, Steve Church. Hi, I have a question. Uh, the absorption. Where are you from, by the way? Yeah. Uh, South County. Okay, good, perfect. <laughs> hey, Rick Idle, live <laughs> at stages. Hi. What's your name and age? <laughs> I am Steve. I'm 21. <laughs> uh, the absorption. Right? Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you take the daily calcium, the fish oil. Right, right, right. Um, I remember there was a test a couple years ago. I took at uh, a gym okay. and they it was some staggering number like only 11 percent of what i'm taking is actually being absorbed what's so tr- when you take a supplement a vitamin orally by mouth okay, okay. eight to ten is the average for absorption eight to ten percent so if i take a hundred grams of something or 100 milligrams of something eight to ten percent of that is all i'm absorbing so we have a joke in, in healthcare and nutrition that Americans have the most expensive pee of any country on the planet. That's why when you take these vitamins and it's all yellow and red and green or whatever, yeah. that's expensive pee. How'd you know? That's exactly the colors of my pee. Well, I know a lot right. of things, yellow Steve Church. That's, I'm the doctor. It's my job. It's Chuck Berry's uh, guy who used to work for me. He <laughs> saw that. Exactly, that's right. That's he exactly. saw that on the video. There's a video. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm sorry. But the, the vitamins, when you He's do them. He's been wanting to say that for 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I know. I'm glad I teed it up pretty well. When you do an injection of a vitamin though you can get a mega dose and you get 90 plus percent absorption some research says 98 percent. so like for example we know that vitamin c really is good i mean a guy by the name of linus pauling won a nobel prize twice because he showed the medical effects of of uh, vitamin c on the immune system well you've got to get a mega dose in your system you, you need six plus grams a day to make your immune system boost well most people if they take three or four grams of vitamin c they're on the toilet for a couple of days because they have diarrhea mm-hmm. well i can give you 60 to 100 grams of vitamin c in a vein it completely bypasses the gi tract so there's no uh diarrhea, no bowel problems, no IBS, no nothing, goes right into your cells and you get a a physiological effect that day. Most people that have a cold or a flu, they get an IV, next day, boom, they're perfect. Right, so go you you get an IV, don't snort, snort. I know that's what you're thinking. Maybe I just snorted. Uh, No, you have to get an IV. (laughs) You know, one of the things also about vitamin C, (laughs) because Dr. Deputy found this, it actually kind of scared me a little bit. Uh, He found a... uh, a little bit of a hardening. Oh yeah, yeah. would you would you find a way, like like an, like it's, an, it's it's more common than you think. So you you know your arteries harden a little bit. You get some calcification in there, some yeah. hardening of the arteries. It's pretty common, and vitamin C is a chelator. 
chelation is a fancy doctor word for detoxifier and it pulls bad stuff out of the body. Well, vitamin C with that plus EDTA chelation has actually shown to reverse placking of excuse me, of the arteries. And we've done that before. We've yeah, done yeah. Lots of folks. So yeah, it's so pretty it, common. And, then, and, and that was part of why I wanted to do the – I don't do them as often as I should. I should be down there more often. But, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I should do that. Uh, well, yes, everybody, Donahue, can I ask one more question? Yes, yeah, Steve Church is back again. Fish oil. What about him? What is there – when you hear about arteries and that, I think of fish oil. That sounds so like – fish oil sounds like a bunch of crap Or uh, <laughs> flaxseed. So, so here's the deal. Your body needs what your body needs. Okay. You know what I mean? And here's the only way to know. you got to test for it. So fish oil is good if you need fish oil. Vitamin C is good if you need it. B is good if you need it. So many people are bringing in grocery sacks full of two, three hundred dollars worth of nutrients. They buy at all these nutritional places, which I think is great that they've got it. But some of this stuff is jacking them up. And they only know that they need it if you test for it. And these folks are coming in spending four or five thousand dollars sometimes a month on drugs and supplements saying i can't afford your care i said you can't afford not to have my yeah. care you know i'll save you two grand a month or more so fish oil is good flax is good all those good fats are important but we need to test and see we're at in a simple blood test i mean by the way these comprehensive blood tests that we run these six eight ten page uh, blood reports we've worked such good deals out with the hospitals so that we make them affordable if somebody has health insurance they're anywhere between 29 and 40 bucks if they don't have health insurance, it's one ninety nine or less, which is amazing. And this is, you know, we're talking like three or four thousand dollars worth of blood testing that you can't. And we just do that because we're smart enough to call the the, the lab and say, hey, we want to work a good deal with you. We're going to send you all of our business, which is millions of dollars worth of business every year that, that they get. Just give us a good deal, and they do. Yeah. And most yeah. doctors don't do things like that. Now we make what, it affordable. What about this stuff, uh, the CoQ10 or whatever it is? Yeah. Is that is that like real? Because people now apparently that's suddenly it's like all the rage, or was or has been all the rage. Is that real? Well, yeah, it's real. I mean. Here's the thing. The reason why CoQ10 is such a big deal right now is because now the medical doctors are recommending it because statin drugs, so Lipitor, Crestor, all those drugs, statin drugs, what they do is they block your body's ability to absorb something called ubiquinol. Ubiquinol is CoQ10. And CoQ10 is necessary so that your heart works well, your brain works well. It's for cardiovascular function. We found that people who are taking long-term high doses of statins are having issues with their brain. Dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, because they're not absorbing the fat. So they're taking this drug, and that's one of the damn side effects of the drug is it messes up their brain. Another side effect of those same drugs is it causes pain in their low back and in their hips and their knees. So you go and you get on this medication. It screws up your red blood cell because you don't have enough CoQ10. Right. And they go to the doctor, and they have back pain. And then the doctor gives them a muscle relaxer and a painkiller. Well, then those drugs have two or three side effects. Then they go back and go, hey, now this isn't working. Here's another wow. drug. That's how the system is. It's broken. The average American is on seven medications, seven. Right. And they all have two to three side effects. So that's what CoQ10 is for. So that's not bullcrappy then. I thought no, maybe, I, okay. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in nutrition that's completely BS. Yeah. But that's why we test for it. Right. Like I ask people all the time. I got a workshop tonight. In fact, there's 30 doctors I'm taking to dinner tonight to talk them about about their patients and about their patient's health and about testing with blood. And I'm going to ask all these doctors, how many of you prescribe nutrition for your patients? The majority of them are going to raise their hands. How do you know that they need that? Well, their <laughs> symptoms or right. Men's Health Magazine. Why don't you run a damn blood test or a urine test that shows for certain that person needs that and then give them what they need, recheck it in 90 days and see if they still need it. Right. Because they may not anymore. 
Yes, yeah, Steve Church. Go ahead. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So uh, you heard uh, Dr. Naputi. By the way, wh- what is, is what's the uh, derivation of Naputi? So I I got on on uh, what what you okay? Why is it so yeah, funny? Yeah, you, I, Church? I thought that was a very professional question. Oh like, yeah, it was. It was a great segue. <laughs> it was. I loved it. It's it's actually just let me answer the question. What's in his coffee, by the way? I don't know. Okay. Laughing gas, laughing gas. It made me giggle like a full-on employee. <laughs> Naputi, it's original. It's, 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 first of all, when people come into my office now, they think that I, they're, a little Indian guy is going to come out and see them. <laughs> they're very disappointed right. a lot of times. It's actually Sicilian. It was Naputo. Oh, wow. Was, was, the, was the, the, you know, the origin name, and then I traced it, but went to Ellis Island, and he saw that. It was pretty cool. So it's Sicilian. My, my grandfather was Italian. My grandmother's Sicilian, and my my mother's side is McBrain, so you don't get much more Scottish wow. Irish. Than I that. love so it, man. So Italian, Scottish, Irish, huh? I get, I'm all over that. We're just dogs, dude. Man. No, that, that's I where like it. that's where that, it, that, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. You got some Scot in you and some Italian yeah. in you. Yeah. I'm a Sicilian too. Yeah, that's horse's head territory right, right don't there, mess with buddy. Us, buddy. You uh, hit us, we hit you back. <laughs> I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Italians, that's, that's, no wonder you get along so well with Mike Marino over there at uh, Oh, at yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike's, a, Mike's amazing. But here's, here's a great thing about how eclectic Dr. Deputy is and Eric is with his, with his friendship. So uh, Eric introduced me to this really cool guy, Pastor David Crank. Right. And you know. My pastor. Your yeah. pastor, too, yeah. 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 And... Uh, p- p- Crank is just such a great guy, and you introduce us, to, and, and he's a big part of your life, right, and a big, right. and, and you talk about your faith quite a bit, sure. unabashedly so, and it really is a very big part of your life and, and 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 how you operate and how you focus yourself, and so he's got he's got Pastor David Crank. And he's got Mike Marino with cigars and whiskeys. You got right. everything covered because uh, we were out there a couple weeks ago, yeah. and, and Mike now is a sponsor of the show. And uh-huh. you got to you got to go to Santino Cigars right there on Vogel Road in Arnold. You'll you'll look at awesome. it and you'll go nice. you, you you and and you'll see that just looks like a little storefront. You walk in. It's like a cigar, whiskey, liquor, Disney World. I mean, that's a great way. It's like Willy Wonka's chocolate (laughs) cigar factory. (laughs) It's amazing. And Mike does a great job because as soon as he sees you, he's like, come on, 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 I want to show you. We got more Pappy Van Winkle. We got the best. (laughs) Don't tell anybody I got this. Here's a $20 zillion bottle of Pappy. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. I'm like, Mike, you just told everybody. You know what I mean? It's just a great place, and it's a good atmosphere. And and, uh, it's kind of like when I go in there, and I'm not down there as much as I'd like to be anymore, but I go down there and I feel like the people that come in, it's like cheers in there. Yeah. You know, you walk in, they're like, Eric, Sam. It's just hilarious. And men and women, I mean, couples, I I met some great couples down there. One of them was a a couple that live in that area and they are... in the they're in, they're navy top, yeah 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 top notch yeah. navy folks and I, but but you see all kinds of, of people there and in mm-hmm. fact I think I'm going to uh, I, I'm, I I we kind of lost track on the text string about a local bakery I won't mention the name because I don't want to put any pressure right, on it right. but who the, who might be a, ultimately a sponsor of the show but uh, we're gonna have Mike in I think he's coming in tomorrow right I think so I think, I, I think the, that's what yeah, I heard tomorrow and he and Shannon and you ha- it's right there on Vogel Road it's SantinosCigars.com I'm telling you. That night, the night I was there, this is kind of crazy because I told people on the air what I did, and I think some people were thinking, "Man, dude, you're how did you walk out of there?" I don't know, but it must have been top shelf because I tried the uh, a brand new whiskey, 
Uh, well, actually, it was. I think I had a High West, at, at, uh, High West campfire or whatever it was there. Then I tried uh, the uh, his tequila. Yeah, and he's got a really great personal uh, yeah. tequila brand. Uh, his brand own his yeah. own brand. We'll talk about that tomorrow when he comes in. So we had a little bit of that. Then I had a little bit of this like monkey forty seven gin, whatever it was. <laughs> just a taste of each it was one. Just a, t- just a taste of each one. But he's got. He he. When we talked, he was like, "Tell just tell people I have their bottle, right?" And, and that's essentially he what he is. Yeah, I, I was sitting. As I was told Jamie, I said, "You sit at the bar there, and there's a there's a guy drinking a two hundred dollar shot of Pappy Van Winkle, and then there's a guy right next to him smoking a Pall Mall and have a PBR right there, uh-huh. right? And they're all just hanging out, yeah. having a great time. And I'm walking around with my little Kool Aid <laughs> drink with an umbrella in it, just <laughs> sipping it all night. I can't hang with these guys losing money. Try. That's exactly. <laughs> I want a little bit. Oh, did you win a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, okay. it was a twenty dollar game. A couple, of, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I went in there and uh, I went to light my cigar, right. and I got handed. It was a triple torch, okay. and I opened the wrong end to where I was burning my own finger. <laughs> <laughs> Just have somebody else light it for oh, you but, next time. Yeah, <laughs> they took care of me. They, yeah. They, they, yeah, I had nah, nice they're in good it. They, oh yeah, they're great. <laughs> they iced me down. <laughs> they iced me down. I was great. It's awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna have to have we're gonna have probably a, a radio free Almond happy hour down yeah, there at some point. Yeah. But uh, thanks for the introduction, buddy. Because Mike yeah, yeah, is yeah. now going to be supporting the show, much like uh, Deputy Wellness is, yeah. and Eric will be. Uh, so I, pr- I appreciate that hookup very much. But it, it just if, if anything, they're just great people there, and it's just a ton and of. And I'll fun. tell you that show tomorrow. If they're both going to be on here, you should watch that because that's going to be that could be a. Like made for TV movie, those uh-huh. two together. Are oh yeah, hilarious. It, it, hilarious. I mean, it is something else, <laughs> something else. So it's it's fun. Now, uh, for those of you out there who uh, kind of want to get introduced to the Pooty Wellness Center, uh, you sometimes will have like you're having a dinner tonight, but it's for doctors. Uh, right, right, right. But but sometimes you do have the dinner dinners with the doc. Right? Yeah, we, we actually have we have uh, we have two big events this week that are for the community. Okay. So tonight we've got the workshop tonight for the doctors. Cause I teach and train a lot of doctors how to do the stuff we do and help more people. And that's how I, that's how I help more people is to train more doctors, open more offices, have a bigger impact. It's all about helping as many people as we possibly can. You know, I, I can only help so many people with two hands, but when I train others, it's, it's, it multiplies. Then on today's Tuesday, on Wednesday, we have uh, the Faith Church um, Wednesday night. We have the Sunset Hills campus. We've got it rented out. We've got the big auditorium there. We're doing a workshop. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. I think, Jamie, you do. But we actually brought on a full pediatric division in our practice about 18 months ago. So we have medical pediatricians, and we brought on Dr. Laura Hansen, who's going to be on the program with me a lot. Dr. Laura Hansen is, if she's not number one or two in the world when it comes to neurodevelopmental work for kids with ADD, ADHD, and autism, she's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So we got her to sell her practice in Atlanta, moved to St. Louis. She now works in our facilities. Her, she, we're, We are speaking tomorrow night at the Faith Church, and that's a free event. Right. And people right. can go on Facebook, and they can register, or they can just show up. I mean, that'll hold about 3,000 people, so we, we got plenty of room. And then Wednesday or Thursday this week, we're having a dinner with Doc Workshop, which we do every month. So this one's in South County. Next month will be in, in Chesterfield. We go back and forth between Andre's, which Andre's does a great yeah. job. Love yeah. those guys. And then Balaban's in Chesterfield. So it's all about teaching people. Then go on our Facebook page and find out about our events. Go to our event page. Just check us out. We're all about helping people. It's, they're fun events. And, and, and the pediatric side of this is so important because I think that's the last uh, bastion of, yeah. I think, uh, doctors or people in other areas of the medical profession messing kids up. And because the ADD, ADHD thing, 
you know, back in the day, it was Ritalin, and they're just throwing right, pills right. at kids and doing all this kind of stuff. And and you have a different kind of approach to all that. We do. It's all about measuring the physiology. So you know, if your kid has ADD or ADHD symptoms or dyslexia or whatever, we actually can map out and measure their brain. And and there's a part of your brain called the frontal lobe, which helps you. It's the conductor for your whole brain, your whole body. If that's not working like it's supposed to, nothing else is balanced. So they're overactive. They're underactive. That can mess up their gut. That can, you know, it, it, they don't make rational decisions when the frontal lobe doesn't work. I believe Maxine Waters needs her frontal lobe checked <laughs> Yeah. I'd like to examine her. But, but these kids Examine are, her at the gasoline station. I knew that was coming. <laughs> but these kids, it's so simple to fix a child because, first of all, they haven't been screwed up as long as we have, right? They, they respond fast, and they want to get better. And they don't question. They don't go, well, my brother Bob the pig farmer <laughs> told me that I shouldn't go see a chiropractor because I heard that kill you. No, we're going to fix you. It's all about finding the cause of the problem. And, and by the way, Dr. Hansen, uh-huh. when we brought her on, she has had over 300 kids that have been diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, this stuff, that her, the, their medical, medical pediatrician has undiagnosed them with that. That's pretty impressive. You know, so it's not just about taking drugs and pills. It's about finding the cause. Who is this, who is this Dr. Nate Toopee? <laughs> Nate Poop, not too poopy. Get, not to, get, confront him at the gay of Celine. Check, checking, checking, one, two, one, two. Tell him he's not welcome anymore here. Dr. Uh, Netupe. I wish they'd come to my office. What? No, <laughs> me too. I'm like, I, w- I wish they'd confront me at the gasoline please. station. I'm like, please, I'm begging you. Surround me at the gasoline station. That'd be the best marketing I could ever pay for. What? Yeah, my bullpup is really rusty. Was there, have you found that what caused this boom of uh, um, diagnosting these kids with the or labeling. It just seemed like in the past 15 years, maybe, all of a sudden this became the... Well, like ADD, ADC, yeah, autism? Well, so, so here's the deal. This is as simple as I can make it, okay? The more stress that we have on a body, and stress is more than just emotional. It's physical, chemical, and emotional stress. The more stress a child is exposed to, not just when they're born, but even in utero, we've actually found that as three months even sooner, but in three months of after conception, neurological pathways start to uh, pick up stresses of the mother and the father and all this. So there are things that could be happening in utero that are causing the baby to have stress. The baby could be born like a, a stressful C-section delivery or, or a birth trauma that could be contributing to it. Or the mom and dad could, couldn't be, maybe they're not well when they conceive. There's so many things that play a role in this, but the reality of it is, is that you look at this, you got a young developing mind that needs movement, because movement is the number one nutrient for the brain. You sit these poor kids in a chair all day. You take away PE from them. You give them a cell phone. You do all this kind of stuff. And so their brain just it needs to move. And so what we found, and this is so groundbreaking. We may win a Nobel Prize for this. We've actually found, we being neuroscientists and healthcare experts, have found that if you have a kid exercise 20 minutes – 20 minutes, it burns off this, this chemical off a part of the brain called the hippocampus and allows the brain to focus, relax, and, and, and to work. That's snake oil. That's right. But do it, man. It makes a huge difference. I mean, it's crazy. And now yeah. we take away phys ed. We don't let kids exercise right. anymore. They come home from school. It's right on your phone. You know, uh, when I learned this a while ago, I mean, believe it or not, it, it, it's pretty commonsensical if you think about it. But my son would come home from school, and he, you know, he's 12 now. And, and we would struggle for, for two hours, an hour and a half doing homework. 
And then we, you know, about a year and a half ago, I was talking to Dr. Hansen about this. She goes, have him go run for 20 minutes and come back and see what happens. Homework got cut in half. I'm like, damn, I'm going to go run for 20 minutes. It's amazing what your body can do when you do what it needs to do. You know what I mean? Yep. So, anyway. Did that answer your stupid question? There's yes. no such thing as a stupid question, good. but that was pretty, pretty good. Dumb. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. Yeah. You get out and you, 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 get out and you, get a, you, you create a crowd. Oh I can't God. wait to see that when I'm filling, filling the old Jeep up, the Dave Sinclair <laughs> Rubicon. Yeah, bring your crowd right over here for a second. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, seriously. I like that Rubicon, by the way. It's I, nice. Dude, isn't it, though? Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, it is pretty sick. Out there. Yeah. So I go into Dave Sinclair okay. uh, Jeep out there in Pacific, Yeah. and I go in there to get my Malibu, uh, my Chevy Malibu, just an oil change, and there's something's wrong with the sunroof. <laughs> okay. So How that was ago? like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't not I, taken it back yet? <laughs> I, and I, call, I told Dave, will you just price out if I just left that Malibu there and kept this and let me know how it goes? Yeah. Right. So I still haven't heard from him. I don't know what good. it is. Good he, he does good. They do good stuff. He, he, absolutely. And that Rubicon is the bomb, buddy. Yeah. Let me tell you. But uh, you were an original Trump supporter as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've asked, I, first I asked Rick Pogue, I'll ask all my small business guys how, how the world is treating them now in this environment. And, you know, w- between the regulatory environment and the economic environment, how has uh, Trump land Well, here's you? what I'll tell you is uh, he's definitely made America greater again. Yeah. No doubt about it. Now, I live in the healthcare space. So I, I'm a very – here's where I live, right? My, my medical offices, doctor's offices – the world has changed so much since he has become an office in healthcare. It's it's almost like I can breathe a little bit again. All the regulatory stuff that they put out against us with Obamacare, which by the way is still killing right. a lot of doctors. Yeah. But some of the stuff has been it's 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 lessened a lot. Insurance companies are paying more again. There there are patients have more money in their pocket to go see the doctors, which is sad, you know, because they have to decide am I going to eat or go to the doctor. People have more disposable income, if you will. But the whole just the whole mindset of of people now than they were two or three years ago, it just seems more optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll just tell you something. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You know, and, and having someone being optimistic and hopeful about life again and about what's possible again and about looking forward at, at potential and seeing that there's growth and my life can be better, that's an amazing thing for an individual, but that's an amazing thing for a country. Right. And I believe that we have way more people that are feeling that way than is displayed on the news. Oh, massively. I don't think there's any doubt there's about no that. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. I hear every day people saying things like, man, it's just amazing that, you know, Trump's doing this and not, and I you know I don't talk a lot of politics in my office but yeah. when thousands of people come through a week you hear it all the time and by the way when they all come from Jamie Allman they're all talking about Trump you know anyway <laughs> and then when I they you know I put on Facebook this morning I said I'm going to go down and and talk with my buddy Jamie I got like 30 text messages tell Jamie I said we love him and tell Jamie <laughs> what's up and and tell him we said hi and we support him and all that so what up people long story Thank short you. is that I feel like first of all I'm all about helping as many people as I can and now I have an opportunity to help more people because the economy is in a better way. Right. People's mindsets are more open to it. They're not as scared as much as they were about going to doctors before because, you know, the Obamacare was crazy. It still is. 
Right. But man, it's just it's not as regulated as it was. Well, let's put it this way. Would this pediatric doctor had had the confidence, would she have no. shut her business down? Uh, and and move to another part of the country if there wasn't a sense that five years down the road things are going to be fine. And you know people are starting to take more risks and dive in and expand. And I mean that that means a lot. It, mood, it, it totally confidence does. means a lot. I'll also tell you this in the healthcare space again because that's my world. Is is now you know people. Because Obamacare was so expensive, you know, you had you're paying higher premiums than you ever paid. Deductibles were higher than they ever were before. People had to take personal responsibility for their health again. They couldn't just pull out their credit or their insurance card and go, "Here, this is going to fix me." Right? Okay, they had to take responsibility for it. Healthcare is still the number one cause of bankruptcy across the country. Fifty percent of them, boom, no matter you know what. But now people are. Okay, I got to do something different. I got to be more proactive than reactive. I got to get on the bandwagon of what's healthcare and what's wellness, and I need to start, try to stay off these drugs. So people are really banding together and they're looking for practices like mine. I know that because the federal government, you know, those guys are all over, you know, they were giving us a hard time years ago. Now they're like, hey, will you show us how to do what you're doing? <laughs> right. Because it's saving money and it's yeah. getting results. And, I love and it. so life is good, man, and it's yeah. getting better. Now, are you a you're a motorcycle guy, right? I, I, what, do you, yeah. what kind of motorcycle you have? You I Harley? have, a, yeah, I got two of them, and I've got a fat bastard as well. Oh, do you really? Those are cool, man. <laughs> but here's what I'll tell you: I did my motorcycle in backwards, so so I went through school. You know, I started, you know, graduated, opened up a business, finally had some money to buy a motorcycle. Then had kids, right? And rode my bikes for a while. Now they're sitting in storage, but I still ride them every once in a while. I'll go out and turn them on and listen to them. And it sounds good. Yeah, I, but, I, uh, I, my motorcycle days ended when I was tr- learning how to ride one, <laughs> yeah. and I dumped it on my foot, That'll and then that was the, that was the end of that. But to your point about you know, because we've, we've heard about what Harley Davidson's doing, right. and, and they said they're going to move their some of their operations to Europe. Uh, stay tuned, people. The likelihood of that happening is probably zero. Right. Keep yeah. in mind that Harley was taking a poop anyway in the motorcycle market just because of all kinds of different market market right. conditions, everything else. So they were already suffering, and, and they were already uh, laying people off and closing places as it was. Uh, this is the same game that President Trump's playing. Harley Davidson, you notice that when you're hearing this, you're, you're, you're noticing Harley isn't moving now. Right. They're saying they're moving 18 months from now. It's never going to happen. Be- and, and this is Harley saying, we don't want the tariffs, and they're trying to push on President Trump, rightly so. And, and, and so just don't – because that was the, the one nugget making the rounds yesterday was how, well, see, it's backfiring. It's like not particularly. Harley isn't going anywhere, and, and in all likelihood, they're going to keep – they're going to stay here. That talk of them moving, keep in mind, is only 18 months from now. So uh, you'll still be okay. I think so. They're just negotiating. Man. Yeah. They, and healthcare is doing the same thing right now, too. Yeah. The whole healthcare world is getting shooken upside down because, you know what? If you're paying a premium and you're paying a premium and, and you guys listening are paying your health insurance, you should be able to use that. You should be able to have insurance. Most people are paying these massive premiums and they go to the doctor to find out they have a $4,000 deductible. They don't have health insurance. But that's shifting as well. And it's exciting, and it's going to – I'm excited that he's shaking stuff up, man. To yeah. see what, we got to have that. Right. And, and, you know, some things are not always going to work out perfectly, uh, but we know how they haven't worked yeah. 
uh, for the past 25 years. And, yeah. and we've seen it since Reagan. It has been a nightmare. And, and Republicans and Democrats have let the people down. And so, yeah, some things might not actually the turn, turn out to be what we would hope they would be. Uh, but we know, we already know what hasn't worked. It's kind of right. like in, in the medical profession. Totally. We know, you know what hasn't worked before. You right. know what hasn't worked for ADD, ADHD, right. for PTSD. Chronic for pain, all that stuff. All that stuff. And so, uh, you know, that's that's where we're at right now. We're yeah. we're in a very nice, good, experimental, optimistic, and you know what? Risk-taking, but also aggressive, assertive phase yeah. of America right now. And it's fantastic. Right. I was going to say, this is far better than kicking the can for the 18th time. Yes. Over. No well, doubt it's like it. Einstein said. If you continue to do what you've always done, you're going to always get what you've always gotten. If you want to change, you've got to surround yourself with people who think differently and do different stuff. And, and that's true with your health care, your money, your, your economy, all that kind of stuff. So it's exciting. I'm, I love it. Einstein also said, surround them at the gasoline stage. That wasn't Einstein. Oh, it wasn't? <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> hey, buddy, listen. What? I know. It's over oh, already. Man. Time flies, buddy. We're having fun. NaputiWellness.com. And stay tuned for the debut. Uh, are you going to still call it Wellness Matters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to be uh, radio-free. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, Dr. Deputy, Eric, thanks so much for your support, brother. Yeah, I love you, brother. I mean, appreciate honestly, you, man. appreciate no, no. it very much. I love um, it. You are the best. And thank you for all you're doing for the community and for Radio Free Almond as well. And Stephen Church, man. Reunited, and it feels so good. Yes, it does. You're the best, buddy. You too. And Sayonara from the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters. Love these guys. Rick Pogue, Jerry, rest of the gang out there. Thank you so much for your support of Radio Free Almond. And uh, have a great day, everybody. Tomorrow, we're going to have Mike and Shannon in from Santino Cigars. We're going to have Doug Giles. We're going to have Genevieve Wood. Stevie Church. You can put up with me for a little bit longer. Of course. And then it's off to Kansas City. Jointhebash.com. It's when Sarah Palin's coming in for Tony Minetti. And it'll be cool to hang out with Sarah for a little while. <laughs> Kansas City. You know yeah. what? He finds everything. I don't know what it is. I don't is. know what he's having. Man. I don't know, dude. <laughs> That's Steve Church coffee. Stay away from that. <laughs> All right. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. Desi, Desi, what do, what do? <laughs> See you guys.